Welcome to the show, everybody. What you're about to hear is actually a recording that we did last night live on YouTube. You see, I opened up the show with about a 45-minute monologue where I shared a lot of information that I had found about COVID-19. After that monologue, I actually transitioned the show into a live call-in show where people were able to call in, ask questions, share comments and concerns, and generally just think together about what is going on with COVID-19. All the while, I was co-hosted with my friend Wes Germer from Sasquatch Crime. Chronicles. This is a show I was planning on putting up on the podcast stream for Tuesday's public show, but I'm putting it up today on Monday. So this is this week's show, but we're putting it up on Monday because I feel like by tomorrow on Tuesday, this information may not be relevant. So I hope you guys enjoy this. I hope it gets you thinking and feel free to go to YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you don't miss the next live event. I think uh, an epidemic, either naturally caused or intentionally caused, is the most likely thing to cause, say, 10 million excess deaths. It's pretty surprising how little preparedness there is for it. Coronaviruses are a family of viruses um, that range from the common cold to MERS coronavirus, which is Middle East Respiratory Syndrome coronavirus, and SARS, Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome coronavirus. Coronaviruses are circulating in animals, and some of these coronaviruses have the capability of transmitting between animals and humans. We call that a spillover event. Chinese health authorities are still working to identify the virus behind a pneumonia outbreak in the central city of Wuhan. According to authorities, the number of cases has increased to 44, with 11 of them in serious condition. The number of cases has gone from a few dozen last week to nearly 300 now, and health officials have confirmed that the virus can spread from person to person. Now we're learning of new cases indicating that the virus has the potential to spread from human to human, proving that it does not only spread from animals to humans. At least 14 healthcare workers in China have now contracted the virus after treating infected patients. Hong Kong reported two more cases linked to Wuhan flu, bringing the city's total cases to five. And once the virus touches down, sometimes all it takes is one sneeze to spread the infection throughout the community. At least six people have died and the number of confirmed cases has quadrupled to nearly 300. There are no specific treatments for coronaviruses, but symptoms can be treated. Rumors on social media alleged that the outbreak in Wuhan could be linked to SARS. Authorities say it is untrue and eight people were detained for spreading fake news online. It has spread into neighboring countries like Japan, Thailand and South Korea. Yep. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thank you for being here. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. And if you want more shows every week on a weekly basis, we release a bonus episode to the website only. And that is theconfessionalspodcast.com. So if you want that extra episode, you got to be a member. So go ahead and sign up at the join button on theconfessionalspodcast.com and you will gain access to extra member shows every Thursday. Now, this is a bonus different type of episode. We were not planning on doing this until about, I don't know, 
Uh, late last night, I started considering it. This morning, I decided I was going to do it. And this show is obviously, by the title of it, about COVID-19, the coronavirus. This is something, friends, that I have been following since the beginning of January. I'd say probably the first week of January, I started following this whole thing in China. All a while, people were throwing their hands up in the air, talking about impeachment. That's all the media was talking about was impeachment. And I'll tell you, friends, right off the bat, your media did you a great disservice when it comes to covering the coronavirus, when they could have been covering things that truly mattered on a global scale, like the coronavirus and what we're experiencing right now. They were too busy 24-7 covering an impeachment that I don't care if you're on the left or the right, you knew it wasn't going to actually go through. And they were forcing this issue and blinding you from what was really happening in China. And let me just break down some of these actual numbers and dates for you so you understand where we're coming from. Yes, I am heated about this. I've been quiet about it for a very long time because everybody who I talked to said I was overreacting. And so I eventually just got to the point where I'm going to prepare me and my family, but I'm not going to talk a whole lot about it because everybody's telling me I'm crazy. Well, if I'm crazy, that's fine. I'd rather be overprepared than underprepared. But let me run some of these dates by you. So on December 3rd, 2019 is when they actually voted to put the impeachment into place. They were going to go forward with the impeachment, which means in November was when they were doing all those days and weeks of, you know, debates and bringing people in to, you know, testify as to, is there enough information about impeachment? On December 18th is when they actually put the impeachment through. The trial started on January 16th, 2020. And then on February 5th, 2020 is when the acquittal happened. So just last month, a little more than a month ago, this whole circus of the impeachment was gone. It was over, done. And then the media could then shift their focus on things that actually mattered. The entire time they are ignoring this whole thing that was brewing beneath the surface that you had no clue about because the mainstream media does not inform the people of what really actually matters. We're facing a pandemic and there are people out there right now who are choosing to say, hey, the mainstream media is saying that we're facing a pandemic. So I'm going to believe the opposite. Trust me, do not believe the opposite. I've been following this for a very long time. This is not a hoax. You can take a bad situation that's very real and capitalize on it. Never waste a crisis, right? That's the old saying. Never let a good crisis go to waste. And that's what they're doing, if anything. So if you want to say it's a hoax, it's not a hoax, but they're definitely not going to take this crisis and put it to waste. They're going to use it to advance a certain agenda that they want for themselves, whatever that is. We can theorize on that. But the fact of the matter is they will do such things because they have in the past. If you want to know what's coming in the future, you look at history. You look at the past because the past always, always, always rewrites itself. I am losing it right now, friends, as far as how I'm going to be talking and setting a tone right now. I hope I don't have you guys turning it off. Just listen to me. Hear me out. This is serious. A few days ago, I was... In my office, it was probably about five o'clock in the morning. I was working on things as far as the show goes. And I was looking at the coronavirus map that we all have come accustomed to looking at. I've been looking at it for, it was like the beginning of January. I started, I found this, I started looking at it. And since then, obviously it's blown up. It's grown a lot. There's a lot of new numbers that are shown on this screen. 
But I've been following this for a very long time. And it got me thinking. And before I reveal to you what I want to share with you today, I want to take a step back here for you. By now, some of you, maybe not many of you, I don't know. Every time I say what I'm about to say, people are like, event what? They don't know what I'm talking about. So I'm going to inform you on something that happened back in October of 2019 that people seem not to know about. I think it's very important that you know about this. It's something called Event 201. Event 201 was taking place back in October of 2019. There are three organizations that kind of hosted it and pulled it together. The first organization I want to say was Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. The second, the World Economic Forum. And the third, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. These three entities came together to host an event called Event 201. What does that mean? Over the last years, I want to say, let's just say 10 to 15 years, they have started noticing that on a global level, we have been experiencing epidemics on the rise. Every year, we're experiencing more and more epidemics. In fact, they say that we average right now about 200 epidemics a year. And so what Event 201 was, was supposedly, and I say supposedly, in quotes, a tabletop exercise of a think tank. They came together, they pulled different people from different organizations, governmental agencies, all together in a one location to play out what would happen if one of these epidemics became a pandemic. That's why they call it 201, taking the 200 that we know happen every year, and then you add one more to that that becomes a pandemic. How is that going to affect the world? And so they open up this entire event with informing the audience because there was an audience there and there was a table of, let's just say, 15 or 20 people who are actually participating in this. They opened up the entire event telling people exactly what was going on, how this was all going to play out. They even had a video that played from some executive with the World Health Organization, kind of just saying, thank you very much for doing this. You're great. You're doing a great service to the world, this, that, and the other. I can't make it today, but thank you for being here. At one point, the lady who's hosting the event says, from this point forward, we are starting the event. And from that point forward, everybody who spoke actually spoke as if, what they're talking about is actually happening around them in the moment. When you hear these people speak, and you can hear these people speak, you can go online, go to YouTube, and look up Event 201. 201. They have put their video that they filmed during this event up for you to consume. You can actually go there and watch how this whole thing played out. And I'll tell you this right now. If you want to know what's coming down the road, if you want to see into the future, if you want to have a crystal ball and look and see exactly what's going to happen, watch what happened in Vent 201 because they were laying it out. They were putting out the blueprint of what to do when this happens. I believe that they knew this was going to happen, and I'll tell you exactly why here in a few minutes. But let's backtrack here, Event 201. So they start this whole event, and they start playing different videos that they had pre-made of fictional, quote-unquote fictional people coming forward and saying that this is a pandemic, this is what we're experiencing. I'll tell you this, friends. The very thing they used in this entire event to spawn a pandemic was none other than the coronavirus. 
Let me say that again. The event 201 used one thing to spawn a pandemic in this tabletop exercise of a think tank of many people from other organizations, including UPS, transportation, was none other than a novel coronavirus that was transmitted by bats to pigs to people that eventually became efficiently transmittable from person to person, leading to a severe pandemic. That's what they decided to use. Now, there is a common misperception that COVID-19 coronavirus is something new. And people are saying, but look, on our Lysol, it says it kills coronavirus. I'll tell you this right now. There are now five strands of coronavirus. MERS is one of them. SARS is one of them. This is the fifth strand of coronavirus. Very new. We don't know how to react to it. We don't have immune systems for it. We don't know what kills it. There is no vaccine. People who are telling you to get the flu vaccine because this will help you, it won't help you. This is completely new to the human race. And Event 201 back in October of 2019 did the tabletop exercise where they played this whole scenario out. A scenario that at the end of it, they believed that they failed because 65 million people died from Event 201. The pandemic from the novel coronavirus. That started from bats to pigs to people. Now, if that doesn't show you, but wait, there's more. You can go ahead and look at the Event 201 and you can do your own research on it. Go to their website, Event 201. In fact, when you go to their website, Event 201, on the very front page, they have a description of what they're all about. And there's a statement. Let me read you the statement. In the statement that they just put up on the website, it says in October 2019, the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security hosted by a pandemic tabletop exercise called Vent 201 with partners, the World Economic Forum and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Recently, the Center for the Health Security has received questions about whether the pandemic exercise predicted the current novel coronavirus outbreak in China. To be clear, the Center for the Health Security and partners did not make a prediction during our tabletop exercise for the scenario we modeled a fictional coronavirus pandemic but we explicitly stated that it was not a prediction instead the exercise served to highlight preparedness and response challenges that would likely arise in a very severe pandemic we are not now predicting that the NCOV 2019, also known as COVID-19, coronavirus, whatever you want to call it, outbreak will kill 65 million people. Although our tabletop exercise included a mock novel coronavirus, the inputs we used for modeling the potential impact of that fictional virus are not similar to the NCOV 2019. First of all, I want to say, how is it not similar? I'm not going to run through every detail of Event 201 with you guys today. If you want, you can go ahead, look it up. It's real. It's online. You can do your own research on it. But how is it not similar? You use the very virus that we're dealing with today. And on top of it, in your scenario, your cooked up playground fake fictional scenario, you said it went from bats to pigs to humans. Now, I understand there's a lot of debate as to how this started and stuff, but one of the hot topic conversations is that it started in bats. 
Professionals have said it started in bats in the wet markets of China. But I want to highlight something here that they were saying in the statement that I wanted to kind of tell you guys right now. A couple times in this short statement that I read to you, it says predicted. The word predicted. I believe that they didn't predict this. I truly believe they did not predict this. Because you can't predict something that you know is going to happen. You can't predict something that you know is happening around you right now. And that's where I think this is going. I think they knew. I woke up last week and I was working in the office, like I said earlier in the show. And I started thinking about that map that I've been looking at on a daily basis for months now. And I started thinking, hang on a second. When did they create this website? I've been looking at this website for quite a long time. Now, I'm not a computer genius. I understand that. I made my website, but it's kind of simple. Squarespace, plug and play. I don't know coding. But how fast can you get a website up and running on this level? Maybe fast. I don't know. But I found it odd that it was up so fast because I've been looking at this since like January, straight up. And so I was like, let me just have somebody look at this. So I sent the website. Let me tell you something real quick before I go any further. This website that I've been looking at, I failed to mention one huge detail about this website. It's hosted by Johns Hopkins. So the Johns Hopkins that hosted and put together this event 201 is also directly involved with this website that we all look at for the numbers of the global pandemic. Is that odd? I don't know. Is it a coincidence? I don't know. Do I believe in coincidences? Yeah. I've said before on the show that I don't believe in coincidences. I've changed my mind on that. I kind of do believe in coincidences. Not a ton, but I think that sometimes things that happen in life that are just coincidental. But how many times do we need to have mass problems, whether it's 9-11 or the JFK killing or now coronavirus, all these things that we're called conspiracy theorists about? How many times do we have to have these major events in human history have tons of coincidences tied to it before we say it's not a coincidence? This is not a coincidence in my mind. I might be wrong. I'm just a dumb truck driver with the podcast, but I don't think this is a coincidence. And before we go any further in on this website, let me tell you one more thing that I'm thinking about when it comes to the idea of conspiracy theorists. The very people who hosted the Event 201, those three organizations, let's throw in the World Health Organization as well, who? Any of those organizations would catch wind of what I'm saying right now, they would say I'm a conspiracy theorist and that I should shut up because I don't know what I'm talking about. Any one of them. There are tons of people out in the world right now that would listen to my voice right now, probably aren't, but if they were, they would say he is a crazy conspiracy theorist and he should just shut his mouth. We don't need to hear from him. Let's censor him. Shut him up. Let's shut him up. Keep him from talking. Control his speech. Orwell, here we come. But those very people find it completely fine to get together in October of 2019 and play a game of what if. It's okay if they take certain ideas and thoughts and expound on them and theorize how things could conspire. It's okay for them to do that. But if I do it or if you do it, we're crazy. 
That's a problem, friends. Because there are people out there that are trying to control your minds. Yes, I've said it before, mainstream media trying to control your minds. But there are so many people that are directly involved with the mainstream media that are trying to mold and manipulate your minds and cultivate how you think. And they've done a damn good job of it for decades. These people hosted Event 201, Johns Hopkins University. Johns Hopkins, the very Johns Hopkins that has a direct tie to this website we all look at. The website that I've been looking at for months. And so I sent this website to a guy who I know who's very good with computers, apps. He's a builder. He knows it all. And I asked him, I said, I don't know if this is possible, but could you look into this website? I don't know if it's possible, but please let me know. Can you tell when this website was built? That's all I want to know. I want to know, was it built January? Am I just crazy and you know don't remember when I started looking at this website? Or was it sooner? Wasn't sure. And so I wanted him to look into it. And he did. And he got back to me. Let me tell you, friends, I don't think this pandemic was something that snuck up on us. I think it's been coming. And there are people who knew it was coming who didn't inform us. There were entities, groups of people who should have been informing us, but did not because they were too wrapped up in their own political identities and worrying about how they're either going to defend their president or get their president impeached. And they didn't tell you, they didn't tell me what was coming down the pike. Something that's going to affect millions of people. Projected. But let me tell you something that you need to know. I might be wrong on this. I'm more than willing to be wrong on this. I hope to God I'm wrong on this. Just like I hope I'm overreacting to this whole thing and it's just the sniffles and nothing's going to happen and we're going to all be okay. But you need to know something that I found that I think you should know. My friend got back to me about when this website was built. And he didn't tell me when it was built because he couldn't see that. But what he could see was something that I think is far more telling. You see, on December 31st, 2019, China went to the World Health Organization and told them officially that they had an unusual case of the pneumonia in Wuhan. That's late December. Dates are varied. People say it wasn't December 31st, but it was late December. I'll just say, for lack of better argument, December 31st, last day of the year, 2019, China went to the World Health Organization and told them that they had a strange, unusual pneumonia in Wuhan. The last day of the year. From that point, the World Health Organization started making plans accordingly, started talking about it, but uh, don't worry about it. Don't panic. Nobody should panic. It's okay. We can contain this. It's not an epidemic. It's not a pandemic. It's just the sniffles. On December 11th, 2019, this website, link is in the description, was last modified on December 11th, 2019. Now, I'm not saying it was last modified as in these numbers that they're putting out are cooked up pre-implanted numbers into the system that are set to release over time. 
to make us think that this thing is growing and all that stuff. What I'm saying is I believe that it was last modified as in the coding of this website, building the website, getting it ready for launch was last modified on December 11th, 2019. You can see the screenshot and the picture of what he sent me on the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com to this episode right now. That's 20 days before China went to the World Health Organization and told them that they have an unusual case of pneumonia in Wuhan. Now, listen, I'm not saying that up until December 31st, they had no idea it was there. I believe that they knew there was something going on leading up to that, but they did not officially go to the World Health Organization, which is the first organization you're going to go to. You're not going to go to Johns Hopkins and tell them, hey, the Chinese government has something to tell you. We got an unusual case of pneumonia. No, they're going to go to the World Health Organization. That's what you do. But 20 days before that, Johns Hopkins was designing this website and modifying it. That's the last time it was modified, December 11th, 2019. Now, people will say that They knew about this coronavirus on November 17th, 2019. They'll say I'm wrong. They'll say, Tony, you're wrong. It says, they say, November 17th, 2019 was the first reported case of the coronavirus. Wrong. December 17th, 2019 was the first case of the known coronavirus that they traced it to. They traced back to November 17th. November 17th wasn't a day that was an aha moment for the Chinese government. Hindsight, they're looking back, they're tracing back to November 17th, 2019. In fact, let me read you this article out of China, South China Morning Post. This is from China. According to the government data seen by the Post, A 55-year-old man from Hubei province could have been the first person to have contracted COVID-19 on November 17th. They are writing this in hindsight. They're not telling you this is when they found it. They're saying this is what they're tracing it back to. It wasn't on November 17th they said, hey, we have something here. They had no idea. They thought it was the flu. Let me continue reading. From that day onwards, one to five new cases were reported each day. By December 15th, December 15th, four days after the last modification of this website I'm talking about, the total number of infections stood at 27. The first double-digit day rise was reported on December 17th, a month after November 17th. And by December 20th, the total number of confirmed cases had reached 60. On December 27th, a doctor told China's health authorities that the disease was caused by a new coronavirus. December 27th. Now, remember, this is information coming from China, which means we are being allowed to read this article from a communist country. We are reading this article, which means it has been manipulated. This is what they're allowing us to know. This is what they're allowing us to read and see. Does it mean it's true? Does it mean that they're hiding things? Almost 100% yes. Almost 100% yes. By December 27th, more than 180 people had been infected. 
though doctors might not have been aware of all of them at that time. That's a very key thing to remember throughout this entire process, that even though they're reporting a certain number of cases, it doesn't mean that's all there is. It means if you have 180 cases, you probably have about a thousand out there that you haven't found. That's how this spreads. It's not just touching friends. It's also breathing the air that somebody else breathed that had it. That's why this is so contagious. Let me keep reading. By the final day of 2019, there's your 31st, the number of confirmed cases had risen to 266. On the first day of 2020, it stood at 381. So what I'm trying to share with you is that according to this post in China, they are telling us, if you read it clearly, it says it right there, that as they look back, they're able to locate these dates. It wasn't reported as a current event in the moment problem. On December 15th, December 17th, December 20th, these are dates that they recorded. And looking back, they're able to put together the timeline. But in the moment, they don't know. And in the moment, they didn't tell the World Health Organization. By the way, China is not going to tell the World Health Organization that they have some people with an unusual case of pneumonia until they're certain that they have a problem they can't contain within their borders. That the truth is going to get out. If the truth is not going to get out and they can contain the truth within their borders, they wouldn't have said a word. But yet they did. And they probably knew a lot more was happening before they even told the World Health Organization on the 31st of December. It's only until they knew they couldn't hide it anymore from the world that they were going to say something officially. Because they had to shut down their government. They had to shut down their economy because of this. They took a hit. And a communist country is not going to take an economic hit unless they absolutely have to. And their absolute have to is they're going to be exposed. So officially on December 31st, 2019, we have China making it official to the World Health Organization that they have a case. They have a problem in Wuhan. Yet Johns Hopkins last modified this website that we all look at on the 11th of December. Now, let's take it back to Event 201. Event 201 put together by none other then Johns Hopkins, the World Economic Forum, and Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Those three entities, we can focus on so many more. There are so, this is so deep and rich with information, guys. You have to do your own research before they shut off the internet. We don't know what's going to happen. We're getting in deep here, friends. Johns Hopkins helped organize Event 201. And I don't think it's because they were going to plan a biotech. I don't think the World Economic Forum was planning a biotech. I don't think Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation was planning a biotech. We can go there. We can go with all these conspiracies. It's This thing is rich with conspiracies. But let's just try to think about this. If John Hopkins organized Event 201 and they had this website already built and last modified on December 11th. There's two things here. One, they created this website as they were doing the Event 201. And it just so happened that this website came in handy then with an actual real life scenario that they 
decided, hey, you know what? We are doing this event 201. We should really make a website that the entire world can see the, the pandemic numbers and stuff. Yeah, that, you know, that's a great idea. We should definitely do that. That would be a great tabletop exercise for our tabletop exercise. Or after they're done doing the tabletop exercise, they're like, you know what? We should really start working on a website just in case one day this happens. You never know. Maybe a few years or a hundred years. We don't know, but we should really prepare now. And so what we're experiencing with this website is utter preparation, just a complete preparation that just kind of happened coincidental. It just happened to work out the way it worked out. You know, we used the coronavirus as, you know, our virus that was going to create a pandemic. It was coincidental. We said that it was going to go from bats, pigs to humans. Yeah, it's coincidental. Or we knew that there was something going on in the world. Maybe it wasn't even Wuhan. We don't know. But maybe they had an idea of what was happening and what was right around the corner. And instead of gathering all these people from different organizations, government entities, and taking the risk of it leaking out that they're secretly meeting to talk about how they're going to prevent a world pandemic, instead of doing that and it leaking out and causing chaos, why don't we make it a think tank, a tabletop exercise where we pull these people in and just what if? We're going to call it, I don't know, let's call it Event 201 because we know we're averaging about 200 epidemics a year. Let's call it Event 201 because that one extra epidemic could turn into a pandemic. So let's just call it that. And what we're going to do is we're going to call it that and we're going to pull these different people in. And I don't think we should let everybody know that what we're doing is for real. So Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, World Economic Forum, and Johns Hopkins, we're going to know what's really going on. And maybe some of these people like, I don't know, the host of the event, we're going to let them know. They need to know. But let's just bring these people in and lead them to believe that they're helping humanity in the future by doing this tabletop exercise that's just a think tank. Nothing to worry about. What if they knew what was coming down the pike and they just didn't tell us? What if Bill Gates stepping down from the board at Microsoft isn't a coincidence. What if Bill knows something? If you're still with me after this entire rant, hang in there, it gets better. You see, I've been following this for a very long time, at least two months. I've been paying attention to this. And I've been trying to warn people. And every time I warn somebody, they're like, oh, it's not serious. It's nothing. I'm like, no, you have to pay attention. This is serious. We just should focus on this. We should pay attention. It's nothing. And then as time went on, it got a little bit more serious. People like, oh, it's nothing. It's just the flu, Tony. It's just the flu. It's not just the flu. Please pay attention. And then as time went on, it got even more serious. Ah, Tony, it's not. it's, It's just like the flu, Tony. It's just like the flu. Nothing to worry about. No, it's not just like the flu. We need to focus on this. And then I went into work on Friday and all the guys that I was talking to about this two months ago looked at me with a straight face and they said, Tone, you were right. I've been telling you what's been going on, but you weren't listening to me. And they're all on board now. They understand what I was talking about. This is for real. And they wouldn't be in this situation if their mainstream media would have focused on it back in the beginning of January instead of focusing on it in the mid-February. That it's a month and a half of development. You guys see how fast this is developing day by day, hour by hour, the situation changes. 
We wasted a month and a half of informing the public because the mainstream media was too focused on defending or trying to get the president kicked out of office when there was something so much more pertinent at hand. If they just would have focused in and talked about things that actually matter to the world, world health, this was a world health situation. Yet, there are still people out there right now that are saying, they're listening to my voice. I know you're there. I know you're listening to me right now. And you're saying, Tony, you're blowing this way out of proportion. It's just like the flu. More people die from the flu every year than this coronavirus, COVID-19, that they're trying to make us all scared about. I do agree with you that they will take any crisis and use it to their advantage. But it doesn't mean that them taking a crisis and using it to their advantage, it doesn't mean that it's not a crisis. Let me tell you guys something that I put on Facebook as a Facebook post, and I'm just going to read it to you guys. Hopefully, it informs you. Year one of the flu, 1918. 500 million people worldwide became infected with the virus. 50 million people worldwide died from the virus. That's a 10% death rate. 675,000 people in the United States died from the virus. More people died during 1918 flu epidemic than all of the military and civilian deaths resulting from World War I. So if COVID-19 is just like the flu, as so many are nonchalantly saying, then buckle up because year one of the flu sucked big time. We are in year 102 of the flu with 102 years of planning, adjusting and medical advancements on how to fight. And we still have a ton of people die from it every year. The death toll of the flu in 1918 hit the world in three waves. First wave, the flu was detected in the United States in the spring of 1918. There were more than 100 cases found at Camp Funston in Fort Riley, Kansas. During 1918, the United States was involved in World War I, which allowed the flu to spread very easily on a global level amongst our military into civilian life. Well, we're not in a war, Tony. No, well, maybe we're not in a world war. But you know what? something we have that they didn't have back then? The amount of travel that we have in 2020 that they didn't have back then. In fact, I would go as far as to say is I would take the traveling throughout the globe of World War I over what we do on a daily basis here in 2020. Wave two. During the fall of 1918, a very large amount of the United States health professionals were serving in World War I. As a result, there was a large shortage of medical personnel inside the United States, which led to the flu being able to rage on with weak resistance. Business and factories were forced to close due to the vast amount of workers that were riddled with the flu. This, in turn, had a dramatic effect on the economy, which suffered greatly. Wave three. During the winter of 1918 and spring of 1919, we had a third wave of deaths come. In the summer of 1919, the third wave died down, but not after the entire world was affected. Conservatively, one third of the global population was infected with the flu virus, which resulted in 50 million people dead. Newer estimates show that possibly 100 million people may have died from the flu in 1918, not of 1918, in 1918, which would bring the death rate up to 20%. Some will say, but our medical is much better today 
than it was 102 years ago. True. But there is no medical cure for ignorantly being unprepared. The entire world is being punched in the face with the reality that we thought we were beyond such issues. We thought sophistication equaled isolation from Mother Nature's will and force. As time grew larger between us and 1918, we grew intellectually lazy. We did not prepare for something like this because we thought as a society it was beneath us. If every medical worker in the United States was given one N95 mask to wear per day, one N95 mask to wear per day, we would be out of masks in two days. We have just over 900,000 hospital beds nationwide with a 65% occupancy rate apart from COVID-19. As for a vaccine, don't be fooled into thinking it's just around the corner. It typically takes 9 to 12 months, 9 to 12 months to develop an initial prototype of a vaccine, but that doesn't mean it will work. For example, SARS started in 2002 and a successful vaccination was found in 2004. If they miraculously come out with a vaccination within the next two to four weeks, then they either knew of COVID-19 far before the public did, or they slapped a quick vaccination together and are praying to God that it works and doesn't kill more people. I would not be the first person in line for that quickly produced vaccination. If it's obvious by now, personally, I view this very seriously. I am not in a panic but I am being extra vigilant on how I handle myself in public and at home. I have a pregnant wife to be concerned about, and if she were to fall ill to COVID-19 and get a fever, it could have effects on the baby's brain development, and I'm not willing to go there, so I'm preparing. So when somebody says to you, it's just like the flu, you might just want to simply say to them, I sure hope not. No need to argue about it. Earlier, I said to you, history repeats itself. There are tons of things that point to this being a very similar situation we found ourselves in back in 1918. Many people noticed how Iran popped off the charts very fast and early with COVID-19. This is most likely due to poor medical preparedness and simply poor hygienics due to their religious practices. It's just what it is. When the flu was introduced to Iran in 1918, it took out one-fifth of its population. Right now, Iran is third globally in number of cases of COVID-19. When Iran first started reporting their cases, they had about five deaths to 14 cases, which tells you they weren't telling the truth. Just like China, you can't bank on the fact that they're telling you the truth with their numbers. Iran certainly wasn't doing that because that death rate to confirm cases is preposterous. That's creeping up on 50% death rate to number of cases. They lied. They had far more. How do we know? Just look at the pictures. They were digging mass graves. Iran has a serious problem and they're trying to keep it under wraps. They tried at least for a very long time. In final words, friends, in 1918, there were two wars going on. One had a visible enemy that could be defeated and would eventually end. 
the other war was against an unfamiliar enemy that was not visible. 102 years later, that war continues. But now that invisible enemy just teamed up with a partner and we need to take it serious. What you're about to hear is a montage from one of my favorite shows in the world. Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis. He does amazing work. He is somebody who really helps shape and mold how I think in this world and how to view things. And he does fantastic mashup montages. And to lighten the mood before we transition to the next part of the show, where we're going to bring on Wes Germer for a candid conversation about COVID-19, have a listen to this montage. We'll be right back. And Singapore joins other authorities across Asia on high alert after Chinese health officials confirmed the virus could spread through human contact. More than 300 people in China have contracted the virus with six deaths reported in Wuhan. Coronaviruses are a family of viruses. I think uh, an epidemic, either naturally caused or intentionally caused, is the most likely thing to cause, say, 10 million excess deaths. It's pretty surprising how little preparedness there is for it. indicating that the virus has the potential to spread from human to human, proving that it does not only spread from animals to humans. At least 14 healthcare workers in China have now contracted the virus after treating infected patients. If anything kills over 10 million people in the next few decades, it's most likely to be a highly infectious virus rather than a war. Not missiles, but microbes. And health officials have confirmed that the virus can spread from person to person. Welcome to part two of that episode that you just heard. I hope you guys are still with me. I know I went off on a tangent and I hope you guys are still here. Hopefully I didn't piss too many people off, but when I sit back and I watch what's happening around me, and I've been paying attention to this for quite a while now. I mean, it literally, it's been the first to first week and a half of January. I've been focusing in on COVID-19. And back then, they weren't calling it COVID-19. It actually wasn't politically incorrect to call it the Wuhan flu. I've heard people say Kung Fu flu. But now you can't say even co- uh, coronavirus. You got to say COVID-19. We are so caught up in not offending people that we're literally going to start dropping like flies around each other because we can't decide on what to call something so we don't even know it's here. I'm not going to get going again. (laughs) I hope you guys are here with me and you're doing okay. Uh, Welcome to this different type of episode. If you missed any part of it, it's okay. You can listen back on YouTube or we are going to broadcast this on Tuesday for our 
episode on Tuesday. I think this is something that we're going to want to get out to the people and just let them hear what we had going here tonight on YouTube Sunday, March, was it 15th, I believe. Now we have uh, the phone lines are starting to fill up friends. So if you want to call into the show, please hop on it now. I don't think we have unlimited lines. I think we have about 30 to 50 lines. And typically when I go live, I fill out about 25 of them on average. So if you want to get into the conversation, bring some points up and stuff feel free to call into the show it's the number is at the top of your screen it's 563-999-3685 that's 563-999-3685 feel free to call in you'll be able to hear the show while you're listening on hold we will get to you as fast as we can and if the if the lines fill up too fast tonight friends we might not be able to get to everybody, but please call in. Now, today we have Wes coming on the show. Wes Grimmer from Sasquatch Chronicles. Many people know who Wes is. In fact, I think most of the audience probably knows. I've talked about him enough on the show, and many of you have uh, found me through Wes's show. So I'm really excited about having Wes on the show tonight. And before we bring him on, uh, I'm going to let the phone lines fill up a little bit more because I don't want to talk to him by myself. No, I'm just kidding. Here we go. Let's bring on Wes right now. Wes, you're live, brother. How you doing? <laughs> Ouch. No, I'm doing good, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. That was quite the speech. Oh, uh, man. Listen, uh, I went, after I did that, so my brother was here when I was actually recording that, and I was thinking to myself, like, am I going too hard in? And I look over at Jack, and he just, his eyes are like popping out of his head, just looking at me. And I'm just like, I'm just going to keep going. And I had no idea how long I was going to go. Like, I, I was like, this is probably about 10, 15 minute talk. It wound up being freaking 40 minutes. I had no idea that I was going to be going off like that, but I guess I had a lot of things in my mind. But um, the, the reason why I had a lot of things in my mind is because I, I think that there's a lot of people that aren't taking this serious, and it needs to be taken serious. Uh, it's a very serious situation. We're going to get into some of the things. Uh, we're going to get into some of the things that you've experienced out there where you're at in Portland. I mean, uh, you're in an area that's very hot for this. Uh, it's the Well, it's ground zero. I mean, Washington was ground zero for this thing. Uh, was it back in I want to say mid to late January, we had some cases pop up in uh, the Seattle area. And so uh, there was a lot of crap that happened out on the West Coast, but now it's just all over the country. Uh, my area is a hotbed for it now, too. In fact, my county as of today has 50 cases. Uh, it started in my county and my county two or three days ago where I live. Actually, uh, the governor said he's shutting the whole county down. Nobody's going uh, to public facilities. Nobody's going to school. I still had to go to work. But uh, I actually wound up taking some time off this week because I'm trying to just play my, my cards right because of my wife being uh, pregnant. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's uh, it's scary, man. I, I And I didn't take it serious. I really didn't. Um, I really thought that it was just a flu. And it's strange. I go to the uh, doctor yeah, this is last week, the end of last week, Thursday or Friday, I don't remember now. And um, I was talking to my doctor about it. And I said, you know, I think really everyone's overreacting. It really is just a flu. And she said, you couldn't be further from the, you couldn't be more wrong about what you're saying. And I was a little taken back, you know, when she said that. And she kind of explained to me this virus, but the whole thing behind the virus, the reason why it's so dangerous is because how quickly it can be spread. You know, Tony, if you and I are sitting in the same room and I have pneumonia your ch- and we're just talking and you're a couple of feet away from me, your chances of getting pneumonia are pretty low unless I yeah. cough on you or we're sharing a drink or something. 
And um, but with this Corona, what she explained to me is you can be within six feet of someone who has it and your chances of getting it are 90 percent or higher. And just the whole description of the coronavirus is pretty terrifying, man. The, the symptoms that you get. She was saying the other reason, not only just the uh, the um, transmission rate from one person to the next, but the other problem that you run into. And she went through a long explanation. If I try and explain it, I'll sound like a moron. You know, her being a, a doctor, she went through and explained it. But she was explaining the genes in different people. And why do some people get cancer and some people don't? And it has to do with genes in people. And in some genes in people, you can be off by like 0.0001%. So like I get cancer, but you don't, Tony. And she said with the coronavirus, what happens is it mutates into something else. So by the time you get it, it's not quite the same virus it once was as it bounces from person to person and it becomes harder and harder to control. And she was describing the symptoms because I, in my mind, I really thought just a cold. And she said, basically, it starts out as the worst cold you've ever had. She goes, imagine the worst cold you've ever had times that by a thousand. Then as you start to get over that cold, you start to slowly feel better. Then you get the flu. She goes, imagine the worst flu you've ever had. Now times that by a thousand. And then as you're coming out of the flu and you start to feel better, now you get pneumonia, the worst pneumonia you've ever had. And that it's that final stage that's killing people off. By the time you get the pneumonia, you're, you're exhausted. Your whole body tired of fighting and you just can't fight it off. And there's nothing really they can give you to get rid of the cold, the flu, pneumonia. You're, you just have to wait it out. I mean, they give you stuff to make you comfortable and, and whatnot, but they have nothing to, to cure it. And on last week, I think it was on Thursday, um, me and my son were talking and he's in high school and I, it came over the news. I think it was Friday morning. It might've been Friday morning um, that all the schools were shutting down in Portland. They're telling people to stay inside. Um if you can't pay your electric, you can't pay water, don't worry about it. I'm getting kind of getting feedback. Do you hear that? Or is this... uh, you're, I'm not hearing anything. Uh, what are you hearing uh, yourself? Uh, could be. Could be. Uh, so anyway, I, I was telling it. So they shut down all the schools. They're telling people to stay at home. If you can't pay your electric, you can't pay your water, don't worry about it. And the store shelves are wiped out, man. I mean, it is a ghost town over here uh, in the Portland area. It is an absolute ghost town. You go down to Portland, there's no one down there. And I think the only place where you'll find a ton of people is in the grocery stores. And I've never seen anything like this, man. I mean, store shelves empty. Uh, toilet paper. I know that's a big joke online, but it's hard to find toilet paper. It's hard to find bleach. It's hard to find hand sanitizer. It's hard to find a lot of things. And... I've been, my biggest concern is obviously with the death that's coming from this, this virus, because I think it'll kill off young people too. I don't think it's just, you know, if you're old and you're not, yeah. you know, you know, your health's not so well, I think it's going to kill off a lot more people than that. And the doctor explained that to me too. Um, she was saying, you know, in China, for example, uh, everyone smokes, everyone smokes. So in China, when they get this virus, because there's a lot of smokers, they have a hard time fighting it off. She said in America, we have the opposite problem. There's a lot of obese people. And so if you get this virus, your chances aren't great uh, unless you're like in super health on, on getting this. I'm not trying to scare people by saying all this. I'm just sharing what 
she shared with me. Facts can be scary. Um, and there's, yeah, and there's been weird, and, and you know, you were saying how a lot of people aren't taking this serious. I think people are, start, at least out here they are, uh, they're taking it serious. But there is a lot of people out and about, you know, still going to the casino, still going out to eat, still going in, um, you know, out, out and about. And, and I think uh, two things are set to happen, and I hope I'm 100% wrong on this. I mean, I, believe me, I don't take any pleasure saying this. I think the stock market's going to crash. It's been teetering. The I've been watching it very closely for the last week and a half. And that it's funny. They dump $1.5 trillion into the stock market and no one says a word. Did, did you see how that wasn't on the news? Yeah. Like really no one said a word <laughs> uh, about that. But I don't think that's going to fix the stock market because if people aren't going to work, kids aren't going to school, um, eventually we're going to run out of money. We're so ill prepared for this. We're going to run out of money. And I think, and again, I hope I'm wrong, but I think the stock market is eventually going to crash. There's nothing they can do to stop it. And I also think martial law is coming. I think people better prepare for martial law. Um, and there's already reports of in Portland of the military being down there, a military presence. People are, it's more or less rumors at this point that the military is down there. But, you know, there's a picture even in Pennsylvania that looks like the National Guard. There's like 10 National Guards all suited up standing on the side on the sidewalk what are these guys doing down here right and so i think um i i don't know that it was meant for us i think here's my conspiracy theory i think china they had an issue with protesters and you don't protest in china that is in america you don't go out there and start protesting um and i think that it was a perfect virus to release to get rid of the protesters because if you release a virus to where if you and I are within six feet of each other and I can get it, I'm not going to go out and protest anymore. I'm going to go home so I can, I can live. And I've also been reading reports that China says, Oh, we've almost, you know, almost everyone's back to health and we're all getting back to work. Well, the other thing that they don't talk about in the news media, if people have been watching, especially the RT news on YouTube, it's Russian news. But they actually give real news on there. They were showing these disease center places showing up, guys getting out in hazmat suits, grabbing people off the street and throwing them in um, these vans. And if you watch the body language, uh, people were running for their lives. I think they're going through executing those people. Um, China's GDP right now is zero. And so they need a quick turnaround or they're going to be in big trouble and so I think they just started killing off people. That's my opinion. I know it's a big statement to make, and hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully I'm wrong on everything I'm saying, man. I take no pleasure, and I don't want to be right on any of this. But I honestly think the market's going to crash. I think um, I honestly think martial law is coming, and I think this is. I think we haven't even seen the tip of the iceberg yet on what's coming. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you, man. I think that there's definitely a lot more coming. And, uh, you know, my wife has been telling me stuff all day and I, I've been running around like crazy. I've been having a hard time remembering everything she's been dumping into my head. But one thing I was actually able to pull up because she sent me a link to it is uh, The Guardian uh, dropped an article that says that the title says UK coronavirus crisis to last until spring of 2021 and could see 7.9 million hospitalized. 
7.9 million hospitalized just in the UK. Now, the UK is behind the United States in total count. So if that's 7.9 in the UK, what's it going to be like here? And like I said in my opening, whatever you want to call it, lecture, speech, montage, whatever you want to say it was, uh, I said that we have just over 900,000 hospital beds in this country and 65% of them are already occupied. So we're not ready for this. And we're going to have to start converting gyms school gyms, things like that into places where we care for people. This is going to really test our mettle. I really do believe that we can get through this uh, if we stick together and we play smart. And that's the biggest thing is, can we stick together? We have, especially now, like, it's not like we're saying, oh, well, when our parents, this, that, and the other, like, we're in a state that we've never been before in this country, at least as far as I can think back. I mean, you have like the civil rights era and stuff like that, but, uh, the way that we we are today, there is no common grounds. Uh, it, it, they've they've successfully manipulated the masses into identifying their personal identities through their politics, and so it divided the country. And so, to the idea of our country to actually come together and actually be productive and get through a crisis like this, it's hard to imagine. What do you think about that? And then we'll get to the lines. Yeah, it is hard to imagine. Um, and all the people that laugh at FEMA camps, they're real. They're there. Um, and they've been building them for a while. It makes you wonder why they've been building them. Uh, but even in, uh, if you go up to uh, Seattle, it, SeaTac, they have what they call quarantine camps um, where they're quarantined people. If you come in, you fly in and you're sick or whatever, they'll take you there. They claim the other reason why they built them was if the hospitals get overrun. Um, and so maybe maybe they know something we don't know, or maybe they know something they're not saying um, to build these different camps and everything. I, I really think, honestly, this is going to get worse before it gets better. I don't think we've seen anything yet. Um, and keep an eye on the stock market. I'm telling you, that market's going to crash. That's going to cause chaos. And anyway. I've done that. I no, like Alex Jones. No, <laughs> no well, I, I did the Alex Jones in the beginning. <laughs> We're all going to die. We're all going to well, die. <laughs> Get your toothpaste. Yeah. Get your toothpaste. <laughs> so, <Okay>. but, yeah. <laughs> and it's not that I care. It's not that I, I think obviously lives are more important than the stock market, but every piece of this is going to cause another domino to fall. You know, if the stock market crashes, that's going to cause panic. Now we have this coronavirus. And is it going to mutate into something else? According to the doctor I was talking to, she said, absolutely, it's going to mutate. And she said, by the time you get it, it won't be the original virus that was brought over. I think there's already two strands of it over here uh, in the U.S. So, yeah, it's terrifying, man. I did see uh, a graph where they mapped out that they had the original strand. And then uh, they from that original strand, there was actually four uh, branched off from that original strand. Now, th- those four last I saw, which was probably like two or three days ago, so it could definitely have changed by then, but those four had not uh, m- mutated yet, but it's going to happen. And that's the thing. It's just, it, it makes it very hard to fight. And, uh, you know, guys, we got to just take this serious and stick together on this. Um, 
if you got, if you can help your neighbor out, help your neighbor out, you know, uh, take care of yourself, take care of your family. That's the number one priority. But if you can help those in need, please do so because, uh, we're going to be in a world of hurt here in a couple of weeks, I think, uh, as this goes on and, um, the, you know, that's funny. I just heard myself repeat back to me now. So I I guess I heard what you were talking about, Wes. Anyways, um, it was me. Oh, okay. I'll call right back. Okay. So, um, Okay. It's that setup you did on my computer. It's actually your fault, but we don't have to argue. We can argue about that later. (laughs) (laughs) If this wasn't live, I'd delete that whole thing out. So (laughs) get out of here. Um, But uh, President, uh, Vice President Pence is going to be uh, talking tomorrow about some new restrictions on businesses, uh, public gatherings, uh, um, He's actually he actually mentioned curfew, so I imagine we're probably going to have a curfew nationally here within the next twenty four to forty eight hours. Uh, and so I, I was watching some of the people in the comment thread and stuff while we were dropping or while I was dropping those bombs, those heaters uh, that they were saying. You know, could do you think that this could turn into martial law? Things like that. I do think that this could turn into martial law. Um, and 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 here's the thing: uh, in the immediate present, uh, martial law. If we don't cooperate and self-quarantine and do what we have to do as responsible adults, uh, they the government, I believe, has no choice but to enforce certain laws that will be viewed as martial law, but they need to contain this thing. And so, um, yes, I think it's heading towards martial law. I think the danger of that is... I think the danger of what all this is bringing is that it's putting us in a position where we have not been prepared and therefore we are allowing... Um, ourselves be put in a position where it's going to open up doors to have the government have new freedoms to implement onto us that they didn't have before. It's It, it happened with 9-11. The Patriot Act did not happen before 9-11. But after 9-11, everybody's like, yeah, sign it through, get it done. And I think that's one thing we have to be worried about, friends, that you know, as time goes on, as we get through this, it's going to be hard. We're going to, we're all going to have somebody that's affected by this. But as we get through it, we need to be vigilant because this is going to open up doors and they're going to want to take this crisis and put it to good use. And so, Wes, I saw you called in and then you're gone, I think, again. Um, I'll wait for you to text me or something if you're here and I'll, I'll start flipping through. But until then, I'm going to get to the phone lines here. Uh, we got first up area code. Four, three, two. State your name and where you're from, hey. my friend. Yeah, this is Pete Marquez. How you doing, Pete? Hey, pretty good. Hey, I met you in Wes in Houston for the second show back in May. Oh, nice. Tony, I was at the with the boys. That's great, man. With the two little boys. Yeah, uh, I met yeah. a lot of people. I have a hard time remembering exactly. Yeah, I was the retired cop. I was there with my wife and two little boys at okay. the front table with with Wes and, uh, and Bob Gimlin. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, you got to sit with Wes and Bob Gimlin. I don't think I got to sit with Wes and Bob Gimlin. Yeah, I know, but you know what? <laughs> I blew it. My wife said all this time you wanted to meet Wes, and when you finally do, you told him a stupid a stupid joke. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I blew. It. I blew it, man. I sat there. It was weird. It was like, hey, I was like a fanboy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's all right, no, man. Um, yeah, hey, uh, getting to the point here, what I was thinking is, um, 
You know, the, the swine flu back in 2010 and 2011, that H1N1 or whatever it was called, it, it actually infected more people and killed more people. And our economy and our way of life didn't shut down the way this thing's doing. I can't help but think that this is somehow manufactured. And you thought you sounded crazy during the rant. What I'm about to tell you might sound even more crazy. But I think that this is all part of the uh, trying to crown the uh, Antichrist in the end time stuff. Mm. I think that... Uh, now, look, listen, it sounds crazy, but think about this for a second. Receiving the mark of the beast. You know, what if it's genetic manipulation and it's something that they got to inject? No one, none of us are going to take that willingly. But if you manufacture this uh, killer virus, you know what? Next thing you know, it's sign me up and where, where, you know, save my kids too, you know, and then we all willingly take it. Yeah. And I. You know, the thing is, on the one hand, I'm telling you that, and on the other hand, I bought $200 worth of canned goods and water and stuff two weeks ago, <laughs> and then today I bought another $362 worth of stuff today. Yeah, so, I mean... You know, you're better than sorry. You, you know what I mean? Oh, for sure. I mean, and here's the thing. I mean, I would much rather overreact than underreact. I mean... Everybody who's saying you're overreacting, they don't know. That's pure opinion. That's them hoping that you're overreacting. They they purely do not know. Just like you purely do not know if you're overreacting or not, they don't know either. Only you're actually doing something you're preparing, and I think that's very important and key to do. And back to your earlier statement here, um, I want I to just kind of say this and put this out there. Um, I, I know what you just said, and I know a lot of people have been saying that, where there's certain things that have been worse than this as far as numbers go. But what you have to understand is that we're just starting this. We are absolutely in the very beginning of this. This is not over by a long shot. This is not a seasonal thing. And just like we said, well, just like I was saying to people in the beginning of this, I wasn't saying it publicly, but I was saying, don't trust the numbers that are coming out of China. Don't trust the numbers that are coming out of China. I'm still saying that. Don't trust the numbers that are coming out of China. China's saying, oh, it's leveling off and going back to work. It's what You watch. As soon as they start sending people back to work, I can almost guarantee you they're going to have another outbreak because it's not over. And they're going to rush it back because they want the public appearance of that they're doing fine, get their economy up and running again. This is where you got to buckle up for a long haul. That's why you got to prepare like you did. And I, I want to use this example as... So it's like my son, you know, he's a uh, little over two years old and he's big for his age. I mean, he's, they say that he's about uh, in the 95 percentile of height and weight and he's a big kid. And so, you know, I could easily say, you know, people would come to me and say, Ben's really big. Ben's really big. I can say, Ben's not big. I'm six feet tall, but I had more time to grow. Ben's in the beginning of his life. And so he's really big for his age. And that's where we need, that's how we need to look at this whole pandemic that we're in the middle of. It's just the beginning. It's going to get bigger. So we can't be comparing the numbers to something that we had six, seven, eight years ago, because we know what the final tally is on that. We don't know what the final tally is on this yet. And the way that governments react to it will determine how these numbers go up or down. And so I think it's very important that we don't get caught up in trying to compare this in numbers to other things, because we don't know what the final tally of this is. In hindsight, six, seven, eight years, whoever's left, uh, God willing, many people are left, uh, they'll be able to tell 
how bad this really was. But in the middle of it, I don't think we can do that. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. I'm 100% with you. Uh, I still think it's kind of a manufactured scam type thing. It might but be. at the same time, I'm, I'm preparing for it. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I see what you're for sure. Well, I appreciate you being, I, I appreciate you calling in and uh, sharing your thoughts, man. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys. Absolutely. Y'all take, take care. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye. All right. So, uh, Wes, are you on the line? Yeah. Okay. I, was, feet I, tall. I, I wasn't yeah. sure. I wasn't sure if you, uh, if you were here and I saw the funky number, I figured that was you. So, so I, I, I feel bad because I didn't get to give you a chance to talk there, but, uh, it is what it is. You talking enough. No, it's my fault. It, it's a Skype. It, it's a long story. <laughs> I might have to switch over my phone, but, um, anyway. Okay. Uh, well, who what was that gentleman that just called in? Uh, Pete, he sat with you, his family sat with you and Bob in Houston. Second show. Um, trying to think. Well, anyway. Yeah, I mean, it, I'm I'm sure he did. Yeah, it's it's hard to remember everybody uh, from those two days that we were down there, uh, but uh, yeah. So I mean, that's kind of like the way I, I've been looking at this, where it's just you know, uh, I'm fully developed, just like some of these past diseases have been fully developed. We can look at it and say that's how big it is, or how big it was, or how big it got. But uh, my son's not fully developed, so we can't compare my son to me, just like we can't compare what we have going on right now in the present to what we knew happened, you know, with SARS and what we knew happened with swine and all that stuff. So, um, you know, it is what it is. I, we, we're going to try to find ways to look at things and, uh, try to feel comfortable about what we're going through and this, and feel free, anybody who's listening, feel free to call in and, uh, share your, your true opinion as to what's happening here that you guys who listen to my show know I'm very much accustomed to, I don't care what you think, what you believe it's welcome to be shared on my show and, uh, feel free to come and share any of your opinions with this as well. And if there's anybody out there that has been affected by COVID-19, as far as you've personally physically been affected, or you know, somebody that has, please feel free to call into the show and share what you know with the rest of the world so we can all get a firm grasp as to what this is actually doing to people physically. And just a reminder, the phone number is 563-999-3685. That's 563-999-3685. Call in and chat it up with us. Uh, Next up, we have 469 is the area code. So please state your name and where you're from, my friend. This is Aaron from Dallas. Aaron from Dallas. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Hey, uh, I had the pleasure of uh, bowling with y'all up in Frisco last year. Nice. Uh, that was exciting. I want to throw a uh, a thought at y'all and see if it sticks. Go um, for it. As far as all of this COVID-19 thing is concerned, um, do you think, I agree with the gentleman before, that it's manufactured. I know it was patented in 2006 under the uh, SARS umbrella. Do you think it's it was spread purposely for to crash the economy, um, to affect politics, um, to implement martial law, um, you know, for population control, for Social Security to kill off boomers? Um, 
I mean, I have all these thoughts that are going, I, I definitely believe it's, it's manufactured and it's a bioweapon and it was um, purposely released. What I, I heard Tony's thoughts earlier and, and uh, Wes's as far as martial law, and I definitely have to agree that's, that's kind of spooky. Would y'all mind elaborating a little bit on those thoughts? Well, I, I can say that uh, with what you said, I have definitely contemplated it. And, uh, you know, from somebody who, you know, I, I don't have any connections, you know, I, I don't do this for a living as far as, you know, looking into disease research and stuff. Uh, it, it makes me scratch my head and wonder, is this a weapon? Is this something that was unleashed as a weapon, a biotech? And then I start thinking, well, who would have done it? You know, is it us on China? Well, then it backfired because we're getting screwed over. Is it maybe a uh, outside of a government kind of thing where it's like maybe the UN trying to uh, develop and push forward or maybe uh, not just the UN, but the the elites of the world pushing this one world agenda. Now, today, uh, they dropped uh, the interest rates down to zero. That's essentially hitting reset on our on our world banking system. I mean, like that that's that's huge. From that, we could definitely see not like tomorrow, but it op- like I said, it opens up the door to have conversations about maybe having a one world currency. Well, if we have a one world currency, that leads into you know, other things like one world governments. Um, do I think that this was an attack though? I don't know. I, I really hope not. Uh, I, I've heard other people who, you know, do this stuff for a living saying that they see no signs of attack. Like there was a guy on Joe Rogan's show uh, last week, and I think he's retired now, but he used to, this is what he used to do. Um, and he says that as far as he can tell, he sees nothing that points to a, a bio attack. Um, but, you know, <laughs> everybody's been wrong before so i'm not sure wes what do you think 100 percent biotech attack 100 percent um and i think they I, I think it's exactly what you said i think they did it for um you know china was kind of getting screwed on trade and i think there's a lot of different reasons why this was sent out you know and, and i think it 100 percent. i think it was created in a lab i think it was executed out for everyone knowing full well you know there's a lot of people that travel from china or all they travel from china all over the world uh especially here in the u.s and i think it was 100 percent a bio attack no doubt in my mind well there you go i mean uh i i it wouldn't surprise me. It scares me to think that that happened. Uh, Wes, now, if, you, if you're thinking 100% biotech, do you think that there was a particular government that did it? Or do you think that there was somebody or an organization outside of government that's pushing an agenda here and used this to do it? That part of that, that follow-up question is harder to answer. Uh, my original idea was China uh, was behind it. And it, I, Again, I think they released it for a couple of reasons. One is to stop all of the uh, protesters that were out there. How do you get them off the street? You know, we live in a, uh, a in this age where everyone can watch what's going on on their phone. And I remember watching the protesters out there in Hong Kong. And so China's got a problem. They can't just start shooting people on the streets because it's going to piss the world off. Um, but it became this monster in Hong Kong, and then people around China were starting to kind of rise up. And I think that was the main reason why they released it. I think the second reason why they released it was China's economy hasn't been doing so hot. Um, They've been doing really, really bad. And then Trump came in and changed the trade deals, 
to make everything even, which hurt them even more. And I, and I think there was a lot of different reasons why they released it. I think it was to hurt us. You know, we've been doing pretty well. Uh, the economy over here has been doing pretty well. Love Trump, hate Trump, however you feel about Trump, the economy's doing has been doing very, very well. And I think it was a way to punish us. And, you know, because they knew if they released it, that you're going to stop. Airlines are going to be in trouble. Transportation's going to be in trouble. And it's one of those uh, diseases to where it can be transmitted so quickly between people. Um, it's hard to stop. How do you stop something like this? The only way you stop it is through martial law. You tell everyone you can't go outside. You can't go out. No more gatherings. I really think martial law is coming. I, I, I mean, I, and I really want to be wrong on this. I really do. Uh, I want to be wrong on everything I'm saying. I don't think some lady was eating a bat and got the coronavirus and, yeah. you know, sent it off. To, I, that makes no sense to me. Makes more sense. It was created in a lab. It's funny. We were watching uh, World uh, World War Z. Have you seen that movie with the zombies? I actually have. Believe it or not, <laughs> I actually watched the movie. Thank you. So, you know, the end of the movie where he goes into that, uh, Brad Pitt goes into that disease center and he, he's trying to inject himself with a, um, you know, something that won't kill him, but sick enough to where the zombies won't attack him. Those places exist. Those are real places. Um, and in Wuhan, it's probably not far off from what you see in that movie. And I think they absolutely released it. So, uh, Aaron, with what we said and stuff, how are you feeling? Uh, I won't lie, a little spooked out, but I definitely have to agree <laughs> that we are only scratching the surface um, on all of this. And, and all I have to say to everybody out there, and uh, yourself included, boys, is to, to buckle up, uh, be safe. It wouldn't be a bad idea to arm yourself. Yes. Um, and just be precautious and, and wash your hands because it's, it's just the beginning. Yeah, absolutely, Aaron. I absolutely agree with you, man. And I appreciate you calling in the show. Uh, we got to keep the phone calls shorter tonight because we have uh, a list of calls to try to get into. Thanks for have calling in, Aaron. Boys. Thanks for coming to play uh, Go Bowling with us, man. I had a good time. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank hey, you. Have a good hey, night, Aaron, Thank Aaron, you. Aaron, Aaron, before you get out of here, you remember uh, yes, sir. we were watching the Sixers lose, my favorite team, the Sixers lose, on that big screen at the end of the alley. Uh, and the first, the first thing I thought of when you said you were bowling with us was that, man. You brought back some bad memories. So thanks for that. Appreciate it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. It's apologize. all good, You brother. have a good night, boys, and buckle up. Have a great one. Thank all right, you, man. boys. Take care. Thanks. So, yeah, I, Aaron brought up a good point there at the end of, of the, uh, the call, which was, uh, you know, to stock up on, on guns and ammo. Uh, Wes, I actually went out to uh, the, my, my gun store yesterday because I think it was uh, either you or somebody else I was talking to had told me that the governor of Illinois told basically yeah. everybody that they can't buy guns, ammo. And I was like, whoa, like that's scary stuff right there. So I went out to my place and I got, I got in there with Jack and he looks at me and he says, well, <laughs> I don't got much left. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like how much you got? And so I went in there and I need some ammo for different guns and stuff. Now I have ammo at the house, but like I figured I'd get some more just, you know, I didn't think it'd be that big of a deal. He said, starting uh Friday night, 
he said they started coming in in waves and just buying them out. All the ammo, all the guns. He said he had tons of first-time gun owners coming in, buying guns, which I found interesting. I was like, okay, I guess. Because a lot of times people who are first-time gun owners and stuff, I, I, I would be willing to bet that at least 50% of those people at one time were like, I don't really think we need guns, this, that, and the other. And all of a sudden, tables turn, and they're like, ah, I think I need a gun. But um, they bought everything out and stuff. So I was only able to buy two boxes for one gun, another box for another gun. I was like, well, this will have to do. So <laughs> don't miss. So, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it's just one of those things where it's the panic. You know, people are panicking, and they're doing things that they normally wouldn't do. And uh, I think a little bit later on here, we're going to touch on the a topic, Wes, that you brought up here. I don't want to go into it right now, though. I want to kind of bring on the next caller here. So uh, caller 541, that's your area code. Please state your name and where you're from. Kimberly in Ashland, Oregon. Kimberly, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good uh, right now. Um, uh, In my area, this um, this is going to hurt the economy so badly. I don't know if you guys are familiar with our area because we're kind of, you know, not really on anybody's maps unless you like Shakespeare. But um, we had we had a couple of years of terrible forest fire smoke. And last year was fantastic, but everybody chickened out because of two bad years. So there's a we've already lost a lot of small businesses to that. And now uh, the Shakespeare Festival, which is like the big draw, um, is closed until April 8th. And I, I'm actually at work right now, but I don't know when for sure when my next shift will be. I'm scheduled for Thursday, so I've already technically lost one. And I, I honestly don't know if that is actually going to happen because we are empty tonight at the hotel. Okay, so I, I was going to ask yeah, you what I- you do for a living hotel, though. Go ahead, Wes. I said Ashland's beautiful, just south of uh, Medford, if I'm, if my memory's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, I'm, I'm familiar with Grant's Pass as well because I dance there twice a week. But you know, the studio's closed for two weeks now, so yeah. Yeah, that's it's, the biggest problem. You get these small towns, you know, like Ashland, and I, I think the biggest city near you is Medford, and yeah, you know, if they well, if they shut down the, you know they're in big trouble, you know, or if you get all of these, uh, dicks that run to the, the store and they buy, they buy out all the toilet paper. So there's nothing left for anyone. You know, you're in a place like Ashland. Yeah, that happened. Um, at the, the first case in Oregon in Lake Oswego, which by the way is where my parents attend churches in Lake Oswego. Um, that was reported, I believe on either a Friday night or a Saturday morning. Um, by Monday, uh, I had a Grants Pass class, stopped at the Grants Pass Walmart, and uh, I'm not worried about toilet paper. I've been good on that for ages, but um, yeah, alcohol, aloe vera, anything that said sanitizing on it, gone, and it had been like 48 hours, and over the next, that week, I checked some um Medford, Fred Meyer, and Walmart, Ashland, Bymart, Safeway, Albertsons. And I, it took me until like Friday to find the very first bottle of rubbing alcohol that I'd seen all week. Jeez. 
Yeah. So now, I mean, there's still, there's still none of that. There's no aloe at all in the stores anymore. Um, it's ridiculous. I, I can actually send, I'll email the confessionals, the picture I took today when I went to buy Mart to try to get more like borax and stuff for my, uh, side cleaning business. Um, and there's a stain on the floor where the gigantic, like six foot high tower of toilet paper normally is. It's like a huge thing. And it's, it's not even there. It's just, there's this mark on the floor where it's supposed to be. Yeah. It's it's insane. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really getting bad in the stores and, um, you know, I was even in the store today and I, Lindsay, because she's pregnant, like there's just certain foods that she, she wants to eat that she just really craves. And, uh, I'm, I'm going out there trying to find it for her and it's just, it's not happening. I mean, uh, I went into the grocery store today and, um, the, the shelves were bare. In fact, you know what, Kimberly, you brought this up here where you were going to email the show, uh, a picture. If anybody that's listening, go ahead and join the confessionals fan group on Facebook and feel free to post any pictures you have of what's going on with, uh, with COVID-19, whether it's uh, a ghost town like Portland is that Wes described or, uh, you know, empty shelves in the stores near you and stuff. We want to know what's going on. Uh, we're going to be turning in the the show, not the show as a whole, but like our online community stuff. We're going to really start focusing in on trying to just kind of gather together and kind of be there and support for each other. So if you have pictures and stuff that you want to share with people and kind of get people's opinions on, you know, what they think is going on, like uh, Wes, you brought up that picture about the uh, soldiers in Philly. Uh, that was posted by a local guy and he's like this is my own this is in my own city you know people say that that it's not happening but it's happening and i don't know what he meant by that exactly obviously we can draw conclusions and things like that but um i'll tell you what those soldiers were in the hood they were in the hood because i knew exactly where that road was and uh you know I've never seen soldiers there before, and I think they're getting ready for either civil unrest or uh, martial law. But um, Kimberly, I, I I go off on tangents, and I'm sorry about that. But uh, <laughs> I um I, w- I would say that we have a very similar situation here. I think it's like, like that everywhere. In fact, I I think anywhere you go, you're going to have uh, just empty shelves. Yeah, I'm just I, I've been a prepper for years, so I'm I'm okay. And our um they're going to do everything possible to keep the farmer's markets running. So, um, and that being outdoors and a really short supply chain, um, you know, that's probably your best, bet in other parts of the country as well to get fresh food. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that, this is a great time, everybody to consider building a garden. If you have the land to do that, even if you don't, uh, windowsill, uh, grow some, grow some of your own food because, uh, as the stores empty out, I mean, the produce is bare. And so if you can grow your own little garden and stuff and kind of supply yourself with food during this mess, uh, that's something that you should strongly consider. And don't think that, uh, well, you know, the, the COVID's out there. I don't want to get it on my food. Well, any food you buy <laughs> is going gonna, is gonna to have it on your food then. So uh, grow, your, grow your own food if you can and wash it off real good. And, uh, you know, like I said earlier in the show and stuff, be there for neighbors. And, you know, if you have extra tomatoes, because one thing that we always did when I was a kid is we always planted 
too many tomato tomato plants and we always wound up, you know, giving a bunch away because they were just going to rot if you didn't, you know? Yeah, and definitely wash all the wrappers when you bring the food home. Wash it all like it's dirty dishes. Toss out the cereal box and just take the plastic bag out if you buy cereal. And just everything that comes in is a dirty dish. That'll definitely cut down on, you know, what, what's been handled. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a, that's a good point, Kimberly, to kind of, it's it's things that we don't typically think about is, you know, as soon as you walk in your house, you are dirty and you need to sanitize yourself uh, so that you don't get the people in your house sick and stuff. And it, it's hard to get in that process of thinking, but we need to try. You're not going to be perfect at it, but the more you try, the better you'll be at it. So, uh, Kimberly, thanks for calling. Yeah, you're welcome. All right, you take yeah, care. Yeah, be safe, love. Thank you again for calling. Yeah, that it's good advice. You know, she's talking about taking the... Uh, uh, cereal bag out of the box and yeah, I mean it sounds ridiculous but when you look at how long this virus lives on you know on anything really you know tabletops computers everything glass uh, good advice good advice yeah I absolutely think that's great advice and uh, I think that our callers are going to be bringing a lot of different takes and stuff tonight and that's what we're looking for we're looking for people to kind of just bring your own opinions your own thoughts what are you thinking what are you doing to prepare uh, how are you going to weather this storm uh, God willing we all make it through you know I I don't want to be a Debbie Downer and I don't want to be you know dramatic and stuff but the fact of the matter is uh, people are dying from this and uh, we're just trying to we're out here in the real world just trying to dodge Corona so uh, you know know, I'm trying to, I find myself when I talk about this too much, as far as like, right now, I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm maxed out on talking about it uh, today. And I'm going to start getting a little uh, laughy sometimes because I'm getting nervous now, the more I talk about it. (laughs) So I'm just like, Oh, God, next caller. (laughs) So uh, I get it. And it it is. Well, and that's why we're doing the show. So people can get it off their chest. I think everyone's thinking about it. If you're not, you're delusional. Yeah. Um, but I think it's on everyone's mind. You know what I mean? For sure. For sure. So uh, next caller, we have five, or four eight zero is your area code. Please state your name and where you're from, my friend. Hi, Tony. It's Rachel. I called in from the last live show oh, a week or two ago. Rachel, aren't you scheduled for yes, an interview next month or something? <laughs> Yes, I am. All right. Awesome. How you doing out there? Yeah. I'm good. Hi, Wes. How are you? Hi, I'm good. I'm uh, near the epicenter of the corona. Um, that's in Kirkland, Washington, and I'm about 30 minutes northeast of that. Oh, okay. Not far from yeah, me. It's, uh, <laughs> what was that? I said not too far from me. Okay, yeah, we're probably, you know, semi-neighbors. But before I begin, I just need to adjust my tinfoil hat, get it on nice and good. <laughs> and um, I I have been digging. I mean, from the minute that this all broke out, something was not sitting right with me. And there are various aspects about it that really are kind of setting off my alerts that there is much more going on here than we're being told, as with most things that are blown up on the news. Yeah. So my, my rabbit hole has led me, well, I've been in a rabbit hole for a couple of years, but um, with this specific thing that's coming up, I first would like to touch on a few things about event 201 that you mentioned, Tony, um, and that the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation was a major part of that. Yes. Um, I find it odd that 
Bill Gates has been quoted and interviewed and in tons of different articles over the years talking about his belief and his um, interest in population control yep. and vaccine development and the potential, you know, option of people just coming in and getting sterilized because the population is, in his words, just out of control. So I find that, you know, kind of odd that here he is an advocate for population control and is just, I mean, the coincidences here of him being at event 201, mm-hmm. this whole thing happens, what, three months later. Um, and then the other thing I really that get, put up a flag for me was the day that Trump gave his address and kind of an update on where we were at and what was all going on. And he said exactly a quote, we know exactly where this virus came from. And that same day, Bill Gates steps down entirely from Microsoft. Ah, so are you saying that uh, Billy got a little nervous and he's going to sail off in his hydrogen-propelled yacht that he just bought? (laughs) Well, perhaps, but it goes even deeper than that in my thought. Um, I mean, I'm sure you guys have noticed over the last several months, just in 2020, there have been dozens of major CEOs stepping down from these huge companies. Um, that's weird. And I'm sure there's more going on with that than we know, but my belief, and I'm going to put it in a nutshell as much as I can. Um, I believe that, well, we've seen that since Trump got into his presidency, there has been attempt after attempt after attempt to derail him, to impeach him, to convict him. And all of it has fallen short. He's, he's pulled through the guy's been through hell. We got to give him that. And I personally believe that the coronavirus itself is a deep state operation that maybe the deep state is in connection with China where it was first unleashed. And somehow that lines up with Bill Gates and the patent for coronavirus being approved in, I think it was 2015 or 2011. And this is another attempt of the deep state to prevent Trump from getting reelected and to tank the economy. However, I believe that Trump is using their own trick back against them by declaring a state of emergency, by shutting down borders, by preventing travel on a major scale. And, you know, coincidentally enough, there are currently 147,000 sealed indictments ready to go out just in America. And a great way to carry out those indictments of high profile celebrities, politicians, you know, people in the public eye would be to shut down various ways that they could try and flee. And I was floored the other day when the map that is available of the whereabouts of these over 100,000 indictments, the locations of those lines up just terrifyingly close to the map of the coronavirus outbreak. Can you say that again? Can you say that again? Just repeat what you just said about the map of the coronavirus. I want to catch that better. Yes. So there's, okay, there is a map available that lays out the locations where these sealed, currently sealed indictments, there's over 100,000 of them ready to go out. And the locations of these sealed indictments where they are headed, there's a map of it. And if you take a map of the coronavirus outbreaks in America, 
You will be terrified when you see, if you lay them over top of each other, they are almost identical. Could you uh, send me a link, email me a link of what you're talking about? I want to see what you're talking about because that's Absolutely. very interesting to me. Uh, yes, Rachel, and I think that... Go ahead. I, sorry, I have one more thing. No, go ahead. <laughs> um, I think that all these, you know, there we've seen several high-profile celebrities coming out, Tom Hanks, Heidi Klum, um, con- you know, claiming that they have this coronavirus. It would be utterly beneficial to them to have to go into quarantine for two weeks knowing that they are on the list of people who were on Epstein's airplane several times. They've got to be quarantined. They are not available. And to try and bunker down, go wherever they're trying to go to evade what I believe is coming to them, which is an indictment. Yeah, well, I'll I'll tell you what, Rachel, you're going down the... uh the rabbit hole and I'm not, I'm not <laughs> even, no, listen, I'm not knocking you because this is like, you just opened up a can of worms that uh, is an episode in itself. Uh, I'll tell you what, Rachel, I think right. before I forget to tell you this, I, I thought about it last time you called in. Uh, I do think that when you and I do that episode recording, I'm going to have a fun time talking to you. Like you, you, <laughs> you have, you have some great thoughts. I really enjoy hearing what you're talking about because uh, it really just kind of entertains twines and, and goes in between all bunch of stuff. But uh, I, I let me ask you a question, Rachel. Um, Harvey Weinstein, mm-hmm. do you think that he, his 23-year sentence was uh, actual lenient set, sentencing because he was going to give them names as to other people who were are involved in these rings? Um, I believe that what was the max he could have gotten? 29 years, I believe. Oh, I thought I it was I think 50. that was like the maximum number okay. he could have gotten, at least on that. Isn't there a whole other set of charges awaiting him in a different state? I'm not sure. I thought it was 50. So <laughs> I must be totally wrong. Oh, okay. I thought it was 29 years maximum that he could be facing. So 23 out of 29, I think that's pretty good. The guy obviously okay. appears to not be in the best health. So I don't really foresee him. You know, I think for him that, you know, means he's probably going to end up dying in prison because he's already older, 23 more years. He's not in, he's not a picture of health. But I would not be surprised at all if he has had an offer made to him that if he's willing to cooperate and he's willing to give up the information that he obviously has, um, I would not be surprised at all if uh, they went a little bit more easy on him just because they're hoping that he will cooperate. But I believe that they already have so much of that information anyway, and that Weinstein's cooperation would only be you know, kind of doubling up on things and super verifying things that they probably already know. Yeah. Well, Rachel, I'll tell you what, uh, I appreciate you bringing some of these points to the table and stuff, and uh, we're going to keep it moving here, but because uh, I, I, yeah. I, I know you, Rachel, already. You you and I could yap and yap and yap, but I, we got to get the callers going here, so uh, yes. thanks for calling in. Yes, and you told me last time that if I had been West, you would have hung up on me a long time <laughs> <laughs> It's true. It's wow. true. It's true. Uh, well, we all love well, you, Wes. <laughs> Wes, uh, he's such a good joke taker. Yeah. Well, you know, me and Wes, we go back and forth and he usually gets a better upper hand on me most of the time. So, uh, Rachel, thanks for calling in. Yeah. Thanks for calling. Thanks for having me. We'll talk soon. Take care. Yep. Bye. Bye.
All right, Wes. Uh, yeah, I, I don't apologize for anything I say about you when you're not listening either. So just for official public notice. <laughs> yeah. um, so let's well, good. The good thing about you is you usually, usually say it to my face first, so yeah. that's all right. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you're crazy. I'll tell you, but um, so yeah. yeah. Let's keep this going here because uh, I want to tell everybody a heads up. We're going to be um, trying to wrap this up in about 30 minutes. So we got about 30 minutes left of the show. So we're going to start trying to speed these phone calls up. So the next one we have is area code 660. State your name and where you're from. Lori Foster from Trenton, Missouri. Lori Foster, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I can't believe I actually got through. <laughs> I'm shocked. Um, I actually wanted to bring something up. I, um, for the last couple of years, have been listening to this guy who had brought to my attention um, that 5G being rolled out. And yeah. one of the podcasts that I listened to today, I found it really interesting that he, this is Fullerton Informer that I'm talking about. He um, mentioned that, um, he believes that this whole quarantine and the possible martial law is about them putting everybody out of sight so that they can do their hookups to make this 5G actually be. Hmm. And then we're going to have a whole nother set of problems along with what's going on now. Yeah. You know, uh, I've heard so many different theories and thoughts on 5G and how it connects to this, and I've I have not heard that one before. Uh, and and that's really interesting yeah. that you brought that up, Wes. What do you think about any of that? Mm, uh, yeah, I don't know. I've heard so many weird things about 5G. The only counter to that argument I would say is, if the economy crashes, no one's working, and they do martial law. Who cares about 5G? They're not going to build it anyway. You know what I mean? There's too much going on. Um, but I've heard a lot of weird... And then if everything con- picks up and gets good again, then things yeah, will go back to normal and it'll be hooked up and, and yeah, then I guess you know I don't, where that goes. Yeah, I don't know much about it. I, I can't really speak to that. Um, yeah. Well, there's a lot. I'm sure there's so many things going on, so many thoughts in, in everybody's mind like I'm listening to and and uh, so, really, that's all I wanted to talk about. And uh, just everybody, be wise. And in your wise, get understanding and look up. Amen to that. All right. Well, thank you very much for calling in. Okay. Thanks, Tony. Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, uh, it, 5G is an interesting topic to go down. Uh, a lot of people early on, uh, I, well, I should say early on in the public eye started talking about the 5G almost immediately when it's, this whole thing started popping off. And they're like, it's 5G, it's 5G. And they, the idea is that China is about five years ahead of us in technology-wise when it comes to developing 5G networks. Uh, they were ready to roll it out, I think, in full capacity. I think it was this year. Excuse me. Uh, I think it was this year, though, uh, that they were ready to roll it out full capacity, whereas the rest of the world uh, was about five years behind them. 2025 is when we uh, in the United States was going to be ready to roll it out. And so they're saying that this is the cause of the coronavirus. Uh, I would say that from what I understand, though, um, 5G can actually affect uh, or activate. I don't know how it all works. Uh, I'm not a doctor, but um, it could actually do something with fungus inside your body that actually would make you sick 
and um, weaken your immune system that you could be more susceptible to the coronavirus. But I don't think I've heard anybody actually confirm that 5G itself uh, causes uh, COVID-19. God, I hope not, because people were talking about uh, nanobodies and nanotech and how they're spraying um, chemtrails in the sky. We've been breathing it in for years, and now the 5G is activating, and the activation of what or what it's activating in our body is the coronavirus. And so we got, we're not short of any thoughts and opinions here, friends. So please keep them coming. Uh, we're going to keep it moving here. Area code 850. Please state your name and where you're from. Hello. Hey, Tony, there. Hey, I'm here. Hey, this, hey, this is uh, David. I'm in uh, Northern Illinois. David, 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 North, Northern Illinois. Uh, your yeah, voice actually, sounds. I'm actually a member on your site. Your your voice is, you're, you're not David Fallen, are you? I'm David. Sorry, say that again. What's your last name? No, nah, never mind. You don't need to say your last name. Uh, Anyways, what are you calling about, my man? All good. <laughs> all right. Um. So from the beginning of this, I I started. I kind of my emotions coming back and forth on it. Um. At first, it uh it really worried me, and then I started to see see different things that you know the de- the mortality rate wasn't that high. And, uh, and so that kind of get, you know, give you a little hope and then, you know, listen to different podcasts that I do, you just hear, um, hear some of the, you know, the worriedness that people have about it. So I don't know, I've gone back and forth on it and I'm, I'm more, I lean towards your sentiments about, you know, what you started off saying. So, but I guess what my question is, what do you think, do you think there's anything that can be really done? Like, is it, we just kind of, kind of wait it out or do you think them, everybody closing down and closing down schools and. Um, do you think that's going to help at all mitigate it and people just kind of staying home? Do you think that's going to do anything? I mean, I, I definitely think so. I mean, if you if everybody just gets on board with the idea that you need a self quarantine, like for instance, for me, uh, one my biggest fear is my wife. Uh, if she cracks a fever, it could cause brain damage to the baby. I'm very worried about that. Uh, I text my boss today and I said, hey, this is what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm not feeling comfortable coming into work. And so I told him I was going to take a sick day tomorrow. I'm taking a vacation day Tuesday and Wednesday. We're going to reassess by then. But to be honest with you, I'm hoping that the government says by then that, hey, we're locking things down. Everybody needs to kind of self-quarantine in their homes. If everybody does that, I do believe we'll, we will really suppress the numbers of people getting affected. It's really just simple math. If you're not around a bunch of people, a lot of a bunch of people won't be you'll be getting affected by this. Um, but will we do it? Uh, I'm not sure, man. I'm not sure. And that's what concerns me. Yeah. Wes, what do you got? Yeah. So I think if they force it, they'll, I think it'll come down. They're going to force people to self-quarantine. Um, then not to go off of uh, the caller's point, but, or David's point, but um, did you hear MGM shut down in Vegas and the Wynn Casino uh, shut down too as well? I mean, these are major casinos shutting yeah. down. So I think business is, is taking the lead, but I think the government's going to have to step in to make people like spring break in Florida. Get those people off the beaches. What are you guys doing? You know what I mean? Like, what what the hell is going on here? And I think the government's going to step in. And I think if they do impose some sort of self-quarantine, uh, eventually it'll go away. Uh, the virus will go away. How long? I don't know. Um, but, I again, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better because people are out and about. They're doing their thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. 
I, I, I mean, that's right. what I think too. I mean, David, I, I think that uh, when you got people in Florida on, on the beaches and stuff, and you saw, I'm sure a lot of people saw that picture of the crowded beaches and stuff. Uh, I, I saw that, and I'm in a Facebook group that uh, is like a coronavirus, you know, news center kind of thing. And I saw that, and I just commented, and I said, when we're in, put in martial law, think about this article because that will be the reason why. Because people not doing what they need to do as responsible adults is going to force the hand of the government. I'm telling you, when they when when they take that step, it opens up in a whole new door for them to walk through for the rest of the for the rest of time. They, it, once they do it one time, they'll have reason to do it again. And uh, that, that's what we're fa- that's what we see with the Patriot Act. Mm-hmm. We're still dealing with that crap, and that was signed uh, almost 20 years ago now. And so it's just it's a it's a thing that we need to take serious here. Um, And if we can all just do this together the right way, we can preserve our freedoms and our liberties without uh, being without those things being affected. Right, right. And uh, I see the question I had. Do you think maybe you already said something this earlier, but um, uh, I know you're a Christian and I'm also I'm also a Christian and I've been just getting into a lot of Bible prophecy lately and uh do you think there's anything prophetic about this at all? Do you think, I mean, just just another another step towards their end, you know, the ultimate the ultimate end here? I mean, I don't really try to get caught up in the uh, predicting of when you know the next doom and gloom thing is going to line up with prophet- prophecy in the Bible. Um, one, because uh, to be honest with you, I don't really understand a ton of that last book of the Bible, you know, like it's just, it, it takes a lot of studying and stuff and a lot of reading into and understanding what it's talking about. And, um, but I would say that just in the general sense of what we're seeing, um, I don't think it helps. (laughs) I don't think it helps, you know, like, uh, I, I think that this is something that we, we could look back on and say, yeah, we we took another step in that direction. Um, but I, I, to be honest with you, I'm probably not the best person when it comes to, um, you know, end time prophecies. It's just not really my, my wheelhouse. I know people who are, are great in it. I was re- actually raised in a church where the pastor, he, I mean, he did a whole series on it. And I, it took a long time on Sunday nights, but I mean, he did a whole series on it. It was fascinating. So, um, you know, I'm just not that guy to, to really speak authoritatively on that. Okay. But, uh, man, I appreciate you calling. Yeah. Hey, thanks for taking my call, guys. Appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Take care. Have a good time. All right, too. All right. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm not the, the best when it comes to the end time prophecies. I, I dig listening to it. It's just, uh, it seems like whenever I'm listening to it, maybe that's the problem is I listen to a lot of people teach on it. And I don't actually, you know, sit down and, and spend tons of hours studying it myself. Uh, but it, it just, it, it, a lot of times it goes over my head. I'm like, how many heads did it have? You know, <laughs> like, I'm just like, <laughs> what? Like, I'm trying to figure this out and, and, and understand it. So, um, but yeah, so let's uh, just keep it moving here. And the next caller we got, 239 is the area code. So please state your name and where you're from. Hey guys, I'm Frank from Florida. Uh, love y'all shows. I listen to them like all the time. Appreciate it, man. So, my thanks, thoughts, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, my thoughts on the whole COVID nineteen thing is, I don't believe it is as bad as Spanish flu. Spanish flu just 
was like the wrecking ball of the 20th century. This one, it's to me just the media just keeps hyping it up. I think it's the panic that's going to kill more people than the virus itself, uh, to be straight honest. Because if you just do like a five meter, you know, five meter distance from people, you'll be perfectly fine. It's, they call it like social distancing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and I'm from Florida, so I'm sitting there treating it like a hurricane. Hurricanes come around all the time. So I'm like, I just treat it as, as if it was a hurricane and everybody would be fine. So for me, how I'm looking at it is just, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm concerned about it, but not worried like everybody else because as they said, you know, Rome is the mob, mob rules. Once the mob starts going, it's a lot to put it down. Yeah, I, I, I just... Good point. Yeah, go ahead, Wes. Or go ahead. No, no, go ahead, man. No, I, I was actually going to say that... Um, I, I understand your point. I, I just... Uh, the way I, I look at this whole thing is... I really refrain from trying, for me personally, I try to refrain from comparing this uh, in that light just because we, I, we just don't know the end game here. Uh, we, we all have theories and we all have, uh, we all have understandings as to what we're reading in different articles and things like that. But uh, we really, truly don't know how long this is going to last. Like, for instance, uh, when this first started popping off in the beginning of January, they were saying that we just need to get through the winter. We just need to get through the winter. And then probably around end of January, beginning of February, you started hearing things like, uh, this might actually not be a seasonal thing. And then we just read an article or the title of an article. Um, let me see if I can pull it up here. Uh, when I first started this live part of the show where, uh, the UK if, if from the guardian, uh, UK coronavirus crisis to last until spring of 2021 and could see 7.9 million hospitalized. And so, I mean, that, that, that's, that's them uh, theorizing and predicting, certainly. Mm -hmm. But it, it's the idea that if, if that's true, if that's true, and uh, 7.9 million people are hospitalized in the UK, then globally, mm -hmm. we're talking about, you know, on the level of 1918. I mean, we really are. We're, that's what we're looking yeah. at. Uh, so, so then, so then to go with your point here, right? So we remember a few years ago with Ebola, mm -hmm. and then next you know, disappears. It's like they, it's like I was, I try to remember what year it was. I think I was probably around 24, 25, or whatever. And the media didn't hit it as hard as they're hitting this one. And, you know, maybe you could say it's all politics at this point or whatever, but I, but in my opinion, I think Ebola was a little bit worse than than COVID nineteen. Because if you remember, uh, if you saw the Joe Rogan episode where he had the uh, medical doctor from the University of Minnesota, I believe, he said that well, MERS works at one hundred and ten degrees. Thank you very much, because we could they can predict whatever, but the prediction is different from the reality. Yeah, well, and. I I mean, Ebola is, was a whole different animal in itself as well. I mean, one Ebola, the death, mm -hmm. the death toll on Ebola, I think, was ten thousand when it when it broke out recently mm -hmm. uh, in that first year, ten thousand, twelve thousand people. Uh, and let me just pull it up here real quick. 
uh, death toll right now globally for this is 6,500. And so we're halfway there already, and we're just in the beginning of this. But also Ebola uh, isn't spread through the air by people breathing around you. Uh, you actually like if if you true, see somebody true. if you see somebody bleeding out of their eyes, don't touch them, don't give them a hug, don't go around licking mm-hmm. people's poop and uh, and 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 showering in their urine because that's essentially how you got Ebola. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's like it's really it's it's not very uh, easy to get Ebola. It like it's it's pretty easy to contain Ebola, but when it comes to something like this, where it's airborne and you, and, and on top of it, and mm-hmm. I don't think we even hit on it really a whole lot in the calls yet. Um, when you have something that's airborne, you're in around people and you're breathing something in, but you don't get the symptoms of it for up to a week. Like that's how this spreads because now you have it, but you don't know you have it for a week and you're just breathing around people and giving it to people. And that's why I'm so scared to bring something like that home because I won't even know I'm sick for a week and I could give it to my wife or my son. And so that's what that's, I think that's what kind of makes me nervous. That's true, Tony. And from my understanding of social distancing, you know, the five, 10 meters, you know, social distancing, they actually did a test on that in two places, which was in Philly and Boston, where I believe it was Philly that they were a little more closer together. And then in Boston, they were further apart during the Spanish flu. And it showed that the rate of people social distancing in Boston dropped dramatically for the infection of of Spanish flu for Philly. It rose because of the distance that they had between each other. And as you said, it's airborne. So it could work, could not work. Only time will tell. And, you know, I share your concerns, you know, because, you know, your wife, your son, and, you know, my family too, you know, my parents are older, so it could affect them more. So it, yeah. it's something to be really precautious about. Oh, for sure. And, you know. Absolutely. Uh, I, I don't want to, like, I don't want to, you know, jump in rabbit holes and go all conspiratorial because we could just do that all day. But, like, if we hit up, like, the hard points, and then we could find the holes in it and fill those up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I get you, brother. I get you. And uh, that's why we're doing this show, man, because I think this is the best thing that we can do collectively uh, is think out loud and not be afraid to talk to each other about this because um, uh, I, I, you guys know me. You guys know how I think. And I think they uh, want collectively for us to be afraid to talk to each other in general so that it's easier for them to manipulate us and brainwash us. And so, uh, the more people that are willing to call in and just openly talk and share their thoughts and opinions and stuff and have true dialogue and discussion, we can actually gain a lot intellectually. So I appreciate you calling in, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. Hey, love your shows, guys. Keep it up. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Thanks, man. So, uh, Wes, I saw you drop there, but now you're back. Um, I guess uh, you're having problems on yeah, your Yeah, I apologize. Yeah, I'm having issues with my Skype. I apologize. You can't hear me okay on my cell phone? Dude, like, it, it sounds actually a little bit more crisp. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah. But anyways. Uh, Funny. Go- I got a text from Woody. He's like, I'm waiting in the damn queue. I'm like, you got to wait in line like everyone. <laughs> <What's> <laughs> it? <laughs> oh, Woody, man. I, I don't even think I have... Uh, I have uh I don't know what he is. It's a 360 number. Okay, well let's let's bring on Woody because I think uh the people would love to hear from Woody. Uh Woody, it's been a long time since the people have heard from you. How the heck have you been? 
Woody. Hey guys. Hey. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah. Hey guys, yeah. it's nice to hear from you. Uh, Tony, I haven't spoke to you in a long time. Uh, Wes, I'm tired of your ass pretty much all the time. But anyway, uh, <laughs> no, no, it's nice to hear from both of you. Uh, I just want to kind of touch base a little bit on the uh, coronavirus. And, uh, you know, I, I think some of the things that we're kind of missing here, and we've talked a lot, we've talked a lot about a whole bunch of things in a pile, in a big pile here. Um, but I think one of the most important things as far as on a no-nonsense uh, attitude as far as uh, the American public is, what's next, right? I mean, have we heard the whole story? Have we not heard the whole story? Uh, we're going to have, all of a sudden we have, uh, we have uh, the National Guard uh, showing up in, in, I believe it's 10 different states now. I, I've heard Oregon, Washington, California. Uh, there's a couple of states on the East coast. We have casinos closing down. Um, and, and, and I'm not so sure if I'm more afraid of the, uh, and I'm not a wimp, but it, I'm not so sure if I'm more afraid of the coronavirus or of what the, what's going to become of the coronavirus. And what I mean by that is, is what happens when we start running out of supplies? What happens when we run out of food? What happens when we run out of to <laughs> toilet paper, uh, toothpaste, <laughs> stuff like that? Uh, I mean, right now in California, um, I can't remember the exact city in California. I read it today. I'm sorry. I'm sorry because I don't know the exact the exact city, but uh, they're doing police escorts to um, like Winco's or if they have Winco's or whatever their their big uh, food chain stores are by police escort. Um, for fear of these container trucks showing up and people trying to rob them. Uh, and my, my fear myself, for me, uh, being because I live in the state of Washington, is more or less, I'm afraid of people taking my shit. You know what I mean? I'm, af I'm, I'm afraid what happens if I run out of A, if I run out of B, if I run out of C, and I have children in the house, uh, possibly elderly people in the house, um, uh, that's my my biggest fear is is that of people trying to come and take what I've what I have, and not so much me having the coronavirus or, or or getting the coronavirus. I'm more afraid of the things that I have and the people are going to try to take. And I will tell you this firsthand. Um, I work with I work with a lot of people. I won't I won't discuss where I work. But the, the the biggest fear is is what are we going to do if uh, our jobs shut down? What are we going to do? How are we going to pay our bills? How are we going to put food on the table? How are we going to provide for our children? And and basically, all three of us here, guys, me, uh, Wes, Tony, and myself, we're all fathers in this situation. Um, we're put we're put in that primal instinct as a dad or a father to provide for our family. Correct. I mean, I think both you guys would agree on that. Yeah. Um, what's, what's the next step? What happens when people start trying to take, if that does happen, if we go into martial law, if we are put with, if, if we are put into a scenario to where we have only certain hours where maybe we can leave the house to where we can provide for our family to where we can buy groceries uh, to where we can do social interaction. And now the National Guard is di uh, dictating the hours and times of stuff that we can do that. I'm going to be honest with you guys, man. 
people are going to get freaking stupid, right? Yeah. I mean, because you're going to do anything you can. You're going to do anything you can. Tony, you have a brand new child on the way. You'll do whatever you can to provide the safety for your child, correct? 100%. 100%. And Wes is the same. I'm the same way. And there's a, there's a, there's a million other fathers out there, a million mothers. And mothers are they're, they're more dangerous than fathers, as far as I'm concerned. But anyways, what are you going to do? And I'm, I'm, I'm at fear more for that than contracting the coronavirus. And I think that's a point that we're missing because, because set the coronavirus aside. What's next? What is the next step? We have a disease here that we can't control. We're trying to isolate. We haven't been able to isolate it. Right. So what's the next step? People are going to start taking if you can't get the supplies you need, you can't get the medication you need, you can't get the you can't get the fuel that you might need to get in your car to get your children or your wife somewhere. That's what I'm more afraid of, to be quite honest with you, than contracting the disease. And I just kind of wanted yeah. to get um, Tony's thoughts, West's thoughts on that. I, and I know I can't be here all night, but you know that's that's my biggest fear, and I'm going to be quite honest with both of you guys. I think that's the fear. That's the bigger fear of American people today is, is not what the, it's not so much contracting the coronavirus. It's what comes next after that, that we can't control. And now we've put it in the government's hands, right? So now it's in the government's hands. So now we have, we have martial law that could come next. We have the national, well, excuse me, national guard. We have the, we have the, we have uh, martial law that could be next after that. We could be doing curfews. We could be doing checks. We could be doing, and, and you know, it's already starting, guys. I mean, to be quite honest, Target, Walmart, that's great. That's great. That's what we need to do. I'm glad that President Trump put that in, that put that into place. That oh, that is a whole. I mean, we've only seen the beginning. We're not even, as far as I'm concerned. We're just in the beginning of this, and and I think I don't know. I think you both made the comment earlier that it's going to get way worse before it gets even before it gets better, and we're not even. And honestly, I'm scared to death because come Monday, when the stock market opens back up, what happens next, guys? So I'm done preaching. I'll open it up to both of you guys. It's like I'm running the show now. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> uh, anyways, I had to say, I'm more scared of the aftermath or what's happening because we're not, I guess what I'm saying is I'm more scared of the aftermath of the coronavirus than I am more of the coronavirus. Yeah. That's and, all I had to say. And man, anyways, I'll tell you, you what, Woody, I, I agree with you. I absolutely agree because you can get caught up in the idea of I got to survive this. I got to make it through this, this, that, and the other. Uh, but then the, there's the aftermath because what you said, Wes said, I said, like, none of us believe this is going away anytime soon. I believe that this is ushering us into a new era of global humanity. I do not think that this is going to, uh, we're going to go back to the way we thought things were in uh, Thanksgiving time last year. I think that's gone. 
I think that we are being ushered into a new era that we have no choice but to go into. And you're right, Woody. I think that people are going to start losing their minds and they're going to start acting out and they're going to start doing crazy things. People who never would have thought about doing such things before, when you put them in a situation where survival of the fittest, all of a sudden you realize what you're made of and it's either you, you, you put up or you die. And I, I think you're going to have people doing crazy things. And it's going to get to a point where uh, I believe that, and I didn't bring this up earlier and stuff, but I'll bring it up now. Um, I think what you hear about people talking about how they've seen these UN camps in our country for years. I think that this is what they've been here for. I think that they, they, these UN camps, and I don't think they're just in this country, but I think that this is what they're here for. So when there's civil unrest and, and, and there needs to be an overall government control that is not contained to any one country i think that's where we're heading and it's scary i when you start seeing it in it go ahead go ahead i didn't mean to interrupt you tony uh and another thing along with that is uh this is it sounds kind of stupid but it's, it's the truth uh we're running on a hand sanitizer uh for whatever reason toilet paper uh, toothpaste. We're we're running out of the the easy things that we have in life, correct? Yeah. So what happens? What happens when we run out of beef, pork, chicken, potatoes, and stuff like that? Because we can't even get things transferred uh, on on a semi tractor or a ship. Hey, guess what? The ports are even talking about closing down because we don't want anything. Now, one of the biggest manufacturers of steel is out of China, so. We're not going to be able to get steel. Yeah. There's grain that we're not we're not going to be able to get. There are certain things that we send across uh, send across the borders as far as uh, forest project uh, forest uh, products and stuff like that. And everything's going to be shut down. We're going to come into a, a major economical collapse. Yes. And I don't feel I, I don't believe that everybody is seeing through the is seeing the big picture everybody in the media is at fault for this too they're saying oh coronavirus hey don't be sick yes. uh six feet away Let, uh temperature over 100 uh I'll temperature say, over 100 you, degrees blah, blah 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 but let's look at the big picture here we're screwed man yeah and shit's gonna get real here in probably possibly next week maybe two weeks maybe three we're not out of this yet we're far from being out of this guys you know, you mentioned about China and media. Like, I don't watch mainstream media, but I've heard it. Okay, like I've heard people talking about how well the, we're hearing that, that everybody's saying that China really handled this well. China didn't handle anything well. Okay, first of all, they lied about their numbers. They manipulated those numbers. Secondly, you know what? The reason why China's all, everybody in China was locked down is because it's a communist country and they had no choice. There's an upper class and a lower class. And when, sure. when they say you're going in your house and we're going to weld those doors shut, you don't have rights. That's how China handled it. They can't handle it like that here unless they, they do martial law and go total draconian. So, and, and when talking about imports and, the, and the, the shipping docks and all that stuff being shut down, people have to understand, I've been telling people this. China manufactures most of our pharmaceuticals. There are millions upon millions of Americans who are on pharmaceuticals who weren't prepared for this because the mainstream media had their heads up their asses with this whole impeachment thing. Nobody knew this was coming. And now we have elderly people to young people who are on pharmaceuticals and they need those drugs and they're in China. China shut down. And now China is going to have an upper hand on this quote unquote trade war. 
You don't think China's going to hold that against us? Better, you better think again. You, they you don't almost, care. Almost, they'll they'll kill almost, their own people. They'll like kill their own people. They're not going to worry about killing us. Go ahead, Woody. Absolutely not. But you almost feel like there was a certain camouflage by China, like they had they had a prime directive, correct, uh, on on what was happening. And unfortunately, we're going to be on the receiving end of it. Now, yeah. it's our job, and, and Tony, I'm not trying to knock you or anything like that. Oh. But you had said earlier in the show, hey, we need to come together as people. We need to do this. I completely agree. I completely agree with what you say. We needed the Democrats. We need the Republicans. We need whatever Indian tribes. We need uh, white people, black people. We need all people to come together right now because it, it's based on our survival. The only problem is, is the primal instinct of, of a human individual is, uh, is care for yourself, care for your family, care for that. Or I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say. And that's, and that's not what's happening right yeah. now. We have so many people that are so just, they're, they're so, they're so separated. They're so left wing, right wing, middle wing, whatever you want to call them. Everyone's in a different place right now. Mm-hmm. And really, I wish everybody could come together. That would really help the situation, but I don't, I don't never see that. Be, I don't, I don't, it'll never happen. I don't see that being the answer to, I don't see that being the uh, mathematical equation to the answer. Yeah. And I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. I mean, and, and I don't know where to go from here, but I'm going to, I'm going to tell you one, both of you guys, one thing is if it, if it comes down to, if it comes down to products, services, and goods, and it comes to people wanting to come to my house and take what I have, I'm going to have a problem with that. Yeah. And Tony, you had just mentioned you're buying ammo. Uh, Wes had talked about it tonight. I, I had spoke privately with Wes earlier tonight. I have people at work that I've talked to. The first thing people were doing at work tonight uh, at the end of shift is they were driving down to Sportsman's Warehouse and they were stocking up and on ammo. So what does that tell you mm-hmm. the direction that we're headed? I'm more, I'm more feared of the people coming into my house, taking my shit than I am of the catching the COVID-19. Yeah. And that's yeah. where I'm at. And I think, I think that's the, I think that's probably, and I can't speak for all of America, obviously, cause I'm just one guy in Vancouver, Washington. But I mean, if, if it were me, that's what I, I mean, it is me. And that's what I'm more concerned about than catching COVID-19. Yeah. Well, Woody, I, I, I hear you, man. I hear you. And and you're right, because it, when it comes down to it and stuff, I, I listen, the roof I'm under, that's my tribe. And I will do anything to protect that Absolutely. tribe. And I, I don't care who you are. Uh, if you if you come against me and, and you're going to harm some of my family, it's me against you then. And so I, I think that you're seeing a lot of Americans take that mentality, which, you know, isn't necessarily the unifying idea of it. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I would hope, I would hope that we could, you know, be civilized, but I, I, I fear that you're, you're right. Wes, why don't you, uh, get, lend you, lend, us, well, lend they, us your thoughts. Yeah. You know, they, I mean, people aren't going to be civilized. Look how people are acting now. Look how people are acting now. They're like animals when you go into the grocery store. I mean, knocking people over to get toilet paper. There's not a shortage of toilet paper. It's like, why is everyone running in to get to just look how people act in stores? Look how people act on social media. You tell me these people are, this is our best bet for the future for these people to come, come together. Uh, I think you're a little, I think people are crazy thinking that I would like to believe that as Americans will come together, but you know, there's that famous quote. uh, I think it's from the Joker. The civilized people will, when true 
when really bad things happen, they will eat each other. And I really believe yeah. that. I mean, you can just see how people behave. Talk about prophetic. Uh, just getting, you know, you know, and it's really, and we're not under, there's no reason to run out and get toilet paper right now. There's no reason to go, um, you know, and, and just empty the shelves on the stores. If everyone went in and said, I need this for my family for right now, uh, it would be fine. But that's not how people are behaving. But, and Woody brought up a good point. I didn't think about the pharmaceutical, or maybe it was you, Tony. Yeah, that the pharmaceutical comes from China. A lot of things come from China, and I know they were talking about shutting down the ports here on the West Coast here in Washington. And I can't believe this is happening. I've never seen this before in my life. I've never seen yeah. such a thing. Well, um, and I think Woody's right. I think the true test will be in the next week. My concern is come Monday when those stock markets open. Um, cause that's, it's a domino effect, right? When one thing falls, the rest of them fall. And that's my biggest concern. And right before the markets closed, all of a sudden they closed all the schools, not only in Washington, but in Ohio, New York, Pennsylvania, I mean, pretty much everywhere. They closed all the schools and they're telling people to stay home. And my biggest concern is when that stock market opens come Monday, not because I'm worried about money, that, that's the least of my problems, but that has a major impact on how everyone else reacts yeah. and, and how that market reacts. People are going to start flipping out. I, I tend to agree with Woody. I, I, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. I, I don't, I don't foresee Americans all coming together. I'd like to see that, but I don't think that's how it's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I know. And, and I, I, go ahead, Woody. And I got one other thing, uh, before you guys let me go, but, uh, Let's let's think about the big picture again. NBA is closed down. Hockey is closed down. MLB is closed down. We have all these main, uh, major sporting events closed down. We have the MGM closed down. The wind is closed down. I received notifications today that in Maryland, all the uh, casinos, sports betting, horse betting, everything is closed down. Basically, we are closing every every freaking thing down around us. And um, it, it, What do you say to that, you guys? I mean, everything's closing. Mm -hmm. Everything's closing. So that tells me, hey, let's let's do self isolation. Let's go home. Let's let's do the two week, the fourteen days. Let's do let's do the six week. Let's go six weeks, whatever yes. it takes. Yes. But we still have people going to the parks. We still have people going to the casinos wearing masks, using hand sanitizer. We still have, we still have people doing. Uh, we still have a fast uh, fast food outlet chains opened up. We still have Walmart opened up. We still have all these major, all these major companies that are still open up, and not all of them, and not all of all of them are providing. Um, I don't know what the exact word is for it, but there should be some sort of pay when they're not at work because if they possibly have COVID nineteen, or if they possibly are in a situation to where they shouldn't be there, these people are not receiving a paycheck. And I hate to go back to what I just said earlier, but these people have no paycheck. Now they have no money for food. We don't have stores that have any food. We have we have uh, gas stations that are closing down. Come on, guys, where yeah. are we where are we at with this? You uh, know, you, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And Tony, on a side note, also I heard today I can't I can't confirm or deny that I heard a person um, to where I'm employed at tell me today that there was a per there, there was another individual in the Seattle area. And I'm not trying to freak you out. I'm not doing this for ratings or anything like that. But 
there is a person that was pregnant in up in the Seattle area that one of the childs uh, before they were even born is is has COVID nineteen. True yeah. or not, I don't know. Yeah, and that, and that, those are the things so, that worry me, I man. Mean, that's a, that's another thing. Let's think about that. So now, Tony, let's put that on your plate. You'll do whatever it takes, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, any parent would, and that's that's the state that we're in right now. And I don't think people are accepting it or accepting it or denying it. They they're just kind of like oblivious to everything. Yeah, it's no. like, and Tony, you said earlier, let's come together, let's do this. Great, sounds great. But you know what? How they're far from it. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I absolutely agree with you. It, it's a, it's the concept. Great. What should we do that? Absolutely. Will we? Most definitely not. Because Most likely not. Because I know how we are on the East Coast. And I don't know about the rest of the country, but I can't see my fellow East Coasters coming together and saying, you know what, let's just do the right thing. I hope to God that's the case. Right. But it, I, I, I you hope for the best, plan for the worst. Listen, uh, we're running short on time with the uh, on-air stuff, so we're going to wrap up things, guys. Uh, Woody, I think you uh, were a great person to end the, the show with. Uh, Wes, thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, you guys are Really? Great. You think Woody was the... You really think Woody was the best guy to end the show with? Shut him off. Actually, yeah, I should just hang up on Wes. <laughs> no, but I, I do appreciate uh, Wes, you being here and just kind of hanging out and stuff and talking with the people. Uh, and Woody, obviously, thank you very much for calling in. And I think we might have some more COVID-19 type shows coming around the corner here, friends. Uh, I think this is something that's worth our attention. And so if you didn't get in on the phone lines tonight, uh, no, no fears there. We will probably be doing this again fairly soon. So until then, friends, take care, stay safe. And remember, the truth will set you free. But first, first it will piss you off. Ah, you're killing me. You're <laughs> killing me, Germer.
my Corona. It's time, Corona. Corona.